0: Hey, Philo community, welcome to the podcast. If you're new here, our goal is to help technical artists in the local church to become more effective so that our churches can become more effective. Basically, it's like Philo conference all the time. This episode is kind of a special version of our podcast, and it's unlike anything we've done before, uh, yet it really feels like it fits with what we're all about, which is becoming more effective, not just as technical artists, but as humans. And this is a tribute episode to our friend Andrew Stone. Uh, For those of you who don't know who Andrew Stone was, he was one of the founders of the MXU Now and Events Live. And he is also the production manager of Church on the Move for the last 14 years. He passed away unexpectedly on July 9th, 2019. And yeah, I immediately wanted to start sharing stories with those who knew him, those of us who shared moments with him. And like many people who knew Andrew, I was deeply impacted by him. If you were ever in one of his breakout classes at the SEEDS conference, or if you listen to him speak at the Swedish Gurus of Tech conference, or you're absorbing all his wisdom watching the MXU Now videos, uh, you know that God spoke through him in a very unique way. And I know me, for one, I will not be the same. I felt like I needed to talk with others and share stories about Andrew ...with each other, and it seemed like it might be good for all of us, those of you who are listening, just to kind of share in on the life of Andrew Stone. So this podcast is a collection of stories of our interactions with Andrew over the years, and some from long ago, some from more recently. I'll warn you right now, this is a very long podcast, so this will be like a multiple sittings, or maybe twice speed. Or if you just want to kind of absorb us processing what it means to lose somebody like Andrew, yeah, listen to it in regular speed. I think keeping it long, I just I felt like we just needed to process. For some of these recordings, it was pretty fresh. For some, it's uh, the memorial services happened. But I just I felt like I needed to talk, and those who I was talking with needed to talk as well. So, without making this podcast any longer, let's just uh, get right started. Uh, so, I'm here with Justin Firesheets. How's it going, Justin?
1: Man, I'm doing good, Todd. It's good to to talk to you. It's been a while since we've connected, so glad we're we're chatting.
0: Yeah, it has been a while. Unfortunately, timing-wise, this is kind of a sad moment. This is, what is the date today? July? July the 10th. 10th. Yeah, we both got the news. Andrew Stone passed away yesterday, July uh, 9th. And so we were getting ready to record uh, just a normal Philo podcast and felt like maybe it would be good just to talk for a few minutes about what Andrew's meant to us and not to get too sappy, he would probably say, cut that crap out <laughs> or what the crap or somehow crap would be in the, right. whatever his statement would be. But yeah, I mean, here's somebody that's really affected the two of us and which, and you know, who knows how many countless thousands of other people and just, yeah, we thought it would be fun to talk for a few minutes about, yeah, Andrew.
1: You know, and, and honestly, I, I, I don't think we can separate Andrew, from what you're doing now through Philo for the community of tech artists, because Mm -hmm. you look to what Church on the Move was able to get moving with seeds however many years ago and the influence that that gathered in this community of a place where people could learn about creativity and technical skill and how they could get better leading their teams and executing services and events. And that really touched a nerve that had never been really addressed in this world. There was such a need and a hunger for things like that, but there just weren't resources. There weren't people that were willing to invest their time and their energy into that part of the church world. I mean, you could hear, you know, there were pastors conferences and and worship related things, but nothing on the creative and technical side. And as seeds grew and built momentum, it, it seemed like that was really kind of happening at about the same time that you started seeing church-related technical events start to pop up as well. So WFX became a thing, right. and then as you know from your time at Willow, Gurus became a thing. And yeah, yeah. you know it was like, holy cow, there's a lot of momentum here, and there's a lot of need for this. Right. And, and I think Andrew was really a critical part for helping build that through his role at Church on the Move, but then even... Over the last couple of years, with with what some of us with church technical leaders were able to do with with lead labs and and other events, you know, the tech leaders retreat through WFX that that Andrew was part of, um, and even to what you know most recently he'd been doing now through MixU and had also connected with you through through Philo and everything. He has been such a huge part of bringing resources and coaching and training to this community, and honestly, there's no way to know how many hundreds or thousands of churches are better at what they're doing now because of the coaching and the resourcing and the training that he was part of bringing to the table like it's an yeah. it's an unknown impact that he that he has been able to carry and build it's incredible
0: yeah i mean when i think about so i was just reflecting on when i met uh, andrew and kind of our story together and I just out of nowhere. I did not know him. I had never met him. I'd only heard about Church on the Move, and so I just sent him an e. I don't know how I got his email address. Just said, "Hey, we're doing this thing called Gurus of Tech. You want to be? Do you want to come and be on a panel discussion?" And he had never done anything outside of Church on the Move. He never thought about helping other churches do their thing. And it, I, he came, and we met at some after party after Gurus. <laughs> you know, after it was all over. I'm like, oh, I think that's Andrew Stone. I guess I'll go introduce myself. Yeah. And just, yeah, to see from that moment, 2011 or 2012, something like that, and just the, the ramp up of uh, impact that he's had from just, hey, well, I'm just gonna like share what I know and try to pour into this group of people that don't generally get poured into. Yeah, uh, it's been inspiring just to watch and it's been inspiring to be, I mean, I've been affected by, him as a person. Yeah. Yeah. Just,
1: you know, and, and you, you and I were fortunate to have, have had a close relationship with him. You know, we, you know, there are a lot of people that knew him through his, his distant influence through podcasts and training events and, you know, the seeds blog and mix you resources and so forth. But you and I were lucky enough to be able to spend time with him one-on-one and help do events with him and, 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 build that personal relationship and have that for several years. And he was such an incredible, Oxymoron, because (laughs) on the surface, he there's just a lot that he just didn't give a crap about. He's like, (laughs) I don't care about that. I would be happy to tell you about it. He had no problem sharing his opinion on things, his (laughs) feeling on things. You know, it just just came across like a a sarcastic, disconnected, disinterested kind of a guy. Right. But honestly, a lot of it was a front, you know, because (laughs) once you got to know him. He he genuinely cared about people, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and for all of that persona of you know, I don't care about this and that sucks and that's garbage and trash and whatever. Yeah, like he he didn't care who you were. Where you were from, how big your church was, how small your church was, what country you were from, whether he had heard of you or not, he would give you the time and he would genuinely care about you as a person and genuinely wanted to help do everything he could to help you get better at your craft. He cared that much about people, but that much about the global church. It wasn't just about his church. It was about the church. And it really was his mission to to use whatever knowledge or ability or resources he had to share that and impact as many people as possible, um, because he knew that there were people that needed help and there was a lot of bad advice out there. Right, right. You know, there are a lot of maybe incorrect or uninformed opinions, and he was blessed with uh, a lot of technical skill and aptitude, but also the ability to communicate that in a way that people received it well. Yeah, and and I think he knew he had the ability to connect with people. Uh, in a way that people would want to listen to, and I think he stewarded that well. Yeah. And you know, there there are several of us in this industry that, for varying reasons, whether it's because of the size of our church or because you know we're, we're you know we're at an event or doing an event, we're blessed with influence. You know that yeah. that that people uh, are willing to listen to our feedback on certain things, and there's a lot of responsibility there to steward that well knowing that I've got the opportunity to make a broad difference and and I think Andrew stewarded his influence really really well um and I'm 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 proud uh, to have considered him a, a close friend for these years yeah
0: I think when I think about his influence and the way he stewarded it I think he definitely I think for a tech person it's so easy to be cynical to the point of poisonous yeah and I think he was so good at kind of walking the line between like cynical attitude, but, but he also had the right heart and the he knew what he was about and what it was all for. Yeah. And somehow could connect with other tech people because, hey, we're all cynical, and so he would sort of feed into that. Right. But he was also so good at not taking it down a dark path but always kind of turning it upwards. And I just think that uh, when I think about Andrew, yeah, you think about all the, you know, I don't give a crap and what the crap and, you know, just this, yeah, this (laughs) sucks. And, you know, yeah, yeah, how about let's do something that doesn't suck or, you know, just his way of being. But at the end of it, it's like, hey, but we're we're gonna do great work. We're gonna, you know, help reach more people uh, with the gospel. We're gonna become better people, even with all that uh, stuff. And yeah. so I just, I think so easy to use that, his powers for evil, <laughs> maybe it's right. not the right way of saying it, <laughs> you know, to take everybody with it. Hey, we're all going down, uh, you know, the cynical hole together, uh, instead had everybody looking upwards.
1: Yeah. It, it, and honestly, it, it was a, it was a very real approach. And I think sometimes in, in church world, you can feel maybe sometimes a pressure to fake it. Yeah, yeah. Like like I work for a church, I've got to be happy and I've got to be in a good mood and everything's gotta be okay all the time and I can't show that I'm weak and I can't show that I'm having a bad day or I don't know how to do this or whatever else. And I, I appre- always appreciated his willingness to push past that and just value the transparency side because yeah. he had, you know, he'd he'd been on the, the wrong end of the ringer, you know, with his <laughs> touring days and yeah. other stuff that had happened and you he'd been burned out and exhausted. But he knew the importance of having the real conversations with people to really talk about things like that. And yeah. and there there are so many guys that, you know, that, that were able to get a conversation with him and and get r- real advice about leadership and leading teams and taking care of yourself and how ha- how to have conversations with leadership. So you're not. Getting taken advantage of or feeling burned out, he encouraged that realism side. You know, you you don't have to fake it all the time. It doesn't always have to be great. If it's not great, let's call it out Uh, because by calling it out, that's the only way we can make it better. Yeah. Because if we just gloss over anything, whether it's personal or professional. We're never going to be willing to take the steps to fix it. And nobody around us is ever going to be able to be part of a solution. And having the perspective that he does of let's be willing to man up and have a conversation about it and try to solve the problem. That was the thing. Let's solve the problem, fix it and make it better. Yeah. And and I think that was a valuable and much needed approach to bring to the table sometimes. Yeah, yeah. To
0: not feel like you're being unchristian or something like that by just trying to be nice all the time and gloss over the, the issues like, yeah, let's yeah. hit them head on. Let's solve them. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's not, it's not a, a bluntness or a directness at the risk of causing offense or damaging a relationship. He, yeah. he knew how to be direct, but also package it in a way that you knew he really cared about you as a person. And he cared about the product. Right. It wasn't just about him getting his point across to, to bow himself up or or be smarter than anybody, or I'm the best guy in the room. It it was never about him or ego. It was about how can we be better as people? How can we make the product better? Because if we can't be better and the experience can't be better, we're never going to be able to do our best at reaching people, which is ultimately the goal of what we're trying to do as a ministry. Yeah. It was never about him. And I, I guarantee you that were, were he around today, you know, 24 hours after, you know, uh, th- almost 24 hours after, you know, word has really spread through the community, he would, he would hate the, the, the tributes and the mm-hmm. online posts and the sappy things and the people yeah. like just beca- he never wanted to be that guy. But I think it really is a testament to the impact that he had and how many people were, were influenced by, by his willingness to share and give back to yeah. this community. Yeah, so good. And I've also decided, though, that, you know, since I found out about all this yesterday, it's, it's my personal mission now to make sure as many people as possible always know that he wants mixed for point of grace. <laughs> um, he, he, on, on, on the surface.
2: I
3: about you know,
1: that. He, he, he's, he's 80s rock and metal and let's rock and make it loud. Yeah. but dog on it bro <laughs> you toured with point of grace and you i can't I, get I, away I, from that You can't get away from it and I'm, he has no choice now you know it's part of his legacy i'm going to make sure it carries on i swear like every every time i would see him i would make a point of grace comment or i would send him a text <laughs> with a sentence that was nothing but titles of point of grace songs oh, yeah. um, and he would get so mad about that but i just i, I love poking the bear honestly oh, man. I, I love just poke 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 Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's, part of, part of the legacy that was just giving people a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's so many memories that have been flooding back for me. The, a lot of the fun times and yeah, I was going through our old text messages, just reading through just all the stupid stuff we would uh, make comments about. And yeah.
1: Yep. He was a blessing. That's for sure. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I'm going to miss him a lot. I know there are a lot that will, you know, Lee and Jeff through the mix you yep. community, uh, you know, that, that's, that's a big thing for them, uh, you know, to deal with moving forward. Uh, you know, Daniel Cannell uh, in, in the lighting world, you know, he had been at church on the move for years and years and years and years. And he and yep. Andrew are very close. And I know Daniel carries a lot of influence. So I know there, you know, we obviously kn- knew him, there are a lot of other people that knew him even better than we did spent more time with them you know that are grieving in their own way but i really am grateful for the impact he had on my life personally and this community I i think it's awesome the way he lived his life and and he gave freely of himself knowing that that he had the responsibility to make a difference and i know that he did
0: So, hey, I'm uh, here with my buddy, Dennis Choi. Uh, How's it going, Dennis?
2: Hey, great, Todd. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, so sad uh, reason to talk to each other. But, yeah, uh, we're going through and just talking about Andrew Stone and some of the things that he meant to us and some of the fun stories. And, uh, yeah, uh, just love to kind of kick it off.
2: Yeah, no, uh, uh, thanks for, uh, for giving a place to share a little bit um, in, in honor of Andrew, and uh, I think most of the stories I probably can't really even share uh, between uh, Andrew and I, and those will be our secrets forever, uh, as most of you, those who know Andrew, just, uh, just uh, was a hilarious guy and yeah. just had a lot of fun with life and with people. Yeah. And uh you know as you'll I'm sure others will share and say the same things but yeah
0: when I think about you and Andrew I immediately go to we did a, an event together in DC.
2: Yes. Uh-huh. And I
0: maybe it was 2014 or I forget exactly what year it was uh, somewhere in there. And yes. uh yeah I remember we stayed in a really crappy hotel <laughs> yes. and Andrew was not really he was not pleased. no if
2: if there's anything with Andrew he knew travel because he traveled so much in his previous life uh and and his current life and so he knew travel and and he knew good and bad and ugly and I think uh, I remember him saying that first night in that hotel DC (laughs) he got thirsty in the you know late at night we got in really late or something like that right and and he's going man I gotta go get something to drink I'm thirsty I want to get a coke or something and he goes out the door and there's a place across the street a gas station and and you know and he comes back i guess the door's locked you know the, the hotel door's <laughs> oh, locked yeah. and they're trying to let him in and here's this is this, this big dude you know the guy's like <laughs> very I don't know late to let night. this guy in yeah, yeah. he's like no no i'm staying here i really <laughs> am it's like Okay, what kind of neighborhood are we in? Yeah, yeah. Where they, like, they lock, the hotel locks the door, you know? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember him just going, man, what would we get ourselves into? But uh, Just always a, a fun...
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that same trip we went out for sushi one night... And he was yeah. not. I mean, he went with us, but he did yeah. not participate.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't remember him ever liking raw fish in any way. So no, yeah,
0: he's like, me, if it's not me, cooked, don't give it to me. me yeah,
2: I, I don't know. I remembered. I think I was driving a minivan with a bunch of us in it. Right.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And
2: yeah, yeah in, in DC, and it's. You know, uh, if you've ever driven in D.C., anybody, this it's just uh, it's its not real intuitive, especially with a GPS that says turn left, but no, no, really turn left, but no, turn even further left. Yeah, that's you know, right. The, it's the, hard kind of left. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But all I can actually remember during that time was was hearing you two. You guys were either in the back or something and you were just talking about music the whole yeah. time and <laughs> every song that came on. And this is an appropriate song or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I, just, right. I remember kind of hearing over the shoulder like, what are they? I'm trying to drive here. What are you guys yeah, doing yeah. back there? Yeah,
0: that was, that was such a great trip where we sort of both figured out that we loved Billy Joel music. And so on that trip, I remember he was talking about, uh, playing the air triangle, like some song and he was like pretending (laughs) to play the triangle. Yes. So that was always Arthur. I was always sending him memes or something yes. with somebody playing a triangle. Yep. After yep. that, the
2: triangle. That's <laughs> funny, man. He he knew his music. Yeah, you know, he, did. he He really did, and he he really did have a, did have an appreciation of all types. Yeah. you know, uh, not not that he liked it all, but he did he did have an appreciation for it and yeah. understand it, it yeah. so much.
0: Except it's, for uh, the banjo, he hated the banjo.
2: Yes, oh, no, Well, that's like yeah, the instrument of death or something. Yeah. I forget what he used to call it, but it's like yeah, no yeah. banjo. <laughs>
0: I remember the, I mean, uh, the, the playlist for walk-in, uh, at Mix U, I just remember I always love, that was my favorite part of the whole thing. Like what song is going to come on next?
2: What, what's going to happen now? <laughs> yes. Yes. The anticipation. So, so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So many, I mean, you know, so many great memories and, uh, you know, and that whole trip, uh, that we were on that DC trip was, uh, we were doing that leadership, uh, gathering, uh, yep. for tech leaders and, that's, I mean, of all the fun and all the cool stories and things that that, that happened with, with Andrew and traveling to, to Sweden with him You're and right, yeah. <laughs> visiting the the ABBA Museum. Oh. Just, like, just, <laughs> <laughs> just, there's so many, you know, just again, a lot of things I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> but for me it was man he was the the reason we were together was uh was for kingdom ministry and yeah. he really took that to heart i remember just conversations about topics of what we should talk about or what does the tech artist really need to hear or what is the, the tech leader really need going through right now that we yeah. can help you know um, uh, navigate through and um you know just really poured the time into you know he's trying to prep you know what am i going to say during my talk, what am I going to do with this? And and the banter with that was, was always great stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He has such a huge heart for, yeah. What we, who we are, what we do. And I was even today, I was, I had a meeting in a town nearby and there's a restaurant there that was actually the place I first met Andrew.
4: Which seems so random,
0: like, you know, way northwest suburbs of Chicago uh, meeting (laughs) Andrew Stone. But um, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. just to see him go from the kind of what is this whole church production thing? You know, yes, I'm just doing yeah. my own thing <laughs> Right. to now, yeah. you know, just, uh, affecting thousands of people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So cool.
2: Yeah. He, I, I think, uh, almost every time we talk about a topic and what we should share, and then the answer, what we think the answer is. And he'd always start with, just don't suck. I mean, that yeah. was his—that was his answer. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, do, how do we teach that? Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: get your crap was, together just, and don't yeah, suck. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was like that was such a such a profound answer every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but, man, great, great, great memories uh, of a great guy, you know, a great friend.
0: I'm with my good friend Mike Sessler. How's hey, it going, Tom. Mike?
3: I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, so this is
0: uh, still fresh news for us. Happened a couple of days ago. Very very much yeah. so. Yeah. Still, I mean, uh, it's been great to talk about Andrew and to remember him, but it's also been really tough. I was uh,
3: yeah.
0: I mean, this. I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but I was in, in my backyard sitting on the deck reading a book, and the neighbor. I have a new neighbor who was playing music loud. Mm. And he doesn't know quite what the you know the neighborly volume should be and the <laughs> yeah, music exactly. was so awful uh i just kept thinking andrew would be like standing up and yelling at this guy not only because the music is too <laughs> loud but it's would. bad it's bad <laughs> it's choices bad yeah yeah
4: yeah
0: anyway i don't even know what it was maybe music you would play for walk-in at a church service in the 90s
3: yeah Oh uh, beautiful yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that just, anyway. that just brings you right back, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah, he would have been <laughs> mocking it completely. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. No, he yeah, he totally would be too. Yeah. He absolutely would be. And that's one thing um people that may have only known him from afar may may or may not have understood exactly how great of a sense of humor he had. Yeah. And it was really, it's a really, really dry sense of humor <laughs> and a little bit on the cynical side. Yeah, a but, little bit.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> maybe, maybe a lot, <laughs> but which goes well with me because I'm super cynical as well. Yeah, and, right. Um, I, I mean, gosh, the, some of the, the, some of the most, the, some of the times when I have laughed the hardest and laughed to the point where it hurt were times spent with Andrew. Yeah. Where we would get, we'd get going on something and we'd both start riffing one, one off of the other. And we would just both be doubled over, you know, laughing, trying to catch our breath. You know, and then there'd be this long pause of like, oh, trying yeah, to catch your oh, breath. Yeah. How do we recover from that, you yeah. know? <laughs> so we
0: were all uh, kind of a part of the lead lab uh, movement. Yeah, yeah um were that was that uh kind of one of the places you would find yourself with with uh, Andrew or what
4: uh...
3: yeah yeah um it's funny because uh I just put up uh the first episode the other day of, of uh, when Andrew was on the church Tech weekly podcast all right okay I, I reposted that that was back in uh, March of 2012 Palm Sunday of 2012 oh, wow. 2012. Um, so and I, cause I was trying to remember exactly when it was that I first actually talked with him and mm-hmm. that's, that was it. That was the first, uh, when he was on the podcast. And I think, I think the first time we actually met in person was at either a lead lab. I think it was a lead lab, maybe in Dallas. Okay. A bunch of us were there and yeah, that was the, I think that might've been the first time we actually got to hang out in person because by that, by between the first podcast and that lead lab, we had done, we had done a number of podcasts and, you know, I'm sure you have this experience with podcasts. There's an hour to two before the podcast happens (laughs) of talking, then there's the hour podcast or half an hour, and then there's the hour to three or four (laughs) hours afterwards, you know? Yeah. And that was kind of what we typically did with uh, the recording of Church Tag Weekly, especially when (laughs) Landry was on, you know, so... (laughs) We had spent many hours together before, you know, we actually met in person, but I do remember that first time, I think we were in Dallas and we went out to eat with a bunch of guys, hung out together there. And then we were staying at the same hotel. So we ended up sitting in the lobby for, I don't know, two or three hours or something like that, just talking and shooting the breeze. And then, um, you know, we both kind of said, man, it's getting late. We should probably, you know, head upstairs to the rooms. And we go upstairs and we're just talking. Uh-huh. We're just, we're in the middle. I forget, we were talking technical stuff. I think I started picking his brain about how he does his board mix uh, for the, the broadcast mix. Right? Sure, so right, right. He starts going into some of those details. He's like, well, you know, come on, you want to come in? We got a we suite here. You want to just come in and hang out for a little while? And so we did. Uh-huh. I think it was probably about two or three o'clock in the morning <laughs> when I headed back to my room. Right, right. You know, and that is so, you this was yeah. like an eight hour day just hanging out with Andrew only it started at, you know, seven o'clock at night <laughs> and went on until three o'clock in the morning, you know, and he was that kind of a guy when yeah. you got him talking about something that he was passionate about, which, you know, he had a lot of interests and so, yeah. Like And, you know, he and I are a lot of, a lot alike in that where we can go really deep into a subject on something for a long time if we have interest in it. Right, if we right. don't have interest in it, you know, you're going to get one or two word answers. Yeah. But, so uh, I don't
0: give a crap, I think, is what Andrew yeah, would have exactly. said. Yeah, I don't give
3: a crap about <laughs> that. Yeah, it's interesting. I
0: think uh, now that, uh, I mean, just as we're talking about it, I think I was on a couple of those Church Tech Weekly podcasts with Andrew. Yeah. And yeah, the I mean the funny part to me was being on the central time zone and all you and Duke and and Van on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, for you we're starting at eight 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 PM. You know, for us yep. it's ten.
3: Ten already. Which is yeah. already
0: past my bedtime. We're like yeah. the the two hour pre conversation, then the one hour record plus the one hour after.
3: Yeah, it'd yeah, be two my, o'clock in the morning yeah, before you were done. <laughs> yeah, my wife is like, What are
0: you doing? Like, yeah. I don't even know. At that hour, I'm just sort yeah, of yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Enjoying you know, listening to uh, everybody talk. Yeah. Yeah.
3: No, and it was, a, that, you know, those, those times were, those were really, really good times. You know, I, I do kind of miss that. I don't know that we could recreate that now if we wanted to, um, because we were all in different places life-wise and everything that way. But, right, right. you know, we, we were all on staff and we all had so many things to talk about. And, and I think at that point, there were just, the church tech community was so young and so new. Yeah, yeah. And I think all of us were trying to find our way and what it meant to be a church production guy and and uh, having other people in a similar kind of role with similar struggles. And, you know, we've talked about this before. Yeah. As a church tech director, you feel very isolated oftentimes because you're the only guy on staff right. that has a job description remotely similar to you. Right. Um, and so having the ability to talk to other people is just such a huge value. And I think a lot of people took the podcast and lived vicariously through us talking, you know, Yeah. and they felt like they were, they were talking to Andrew or to you or to Dennis or whoever else we had on right, right. Uh, while listening. And I'm sure it's the same with, with your audience and your yeah. show now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think just to commiserate with others or to uh, listen to others commiserating, uh, to hear yeah. similar problems that people have that maybe no one has an answer to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even that makes me feel better. And to, yeah, yeah, to hear Andrew talk about, yeah, we don't know what we're doing with that, but we're going to keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then that means I should feel okay. Mm -hmm. Instead of being worried, how come this isn't working exactly perfectly? Because I think, I mean, especially with Andrew, uh, looking in at Church on the Move, you know, you see the photos, you see their social media posts, you go to the Seeds conference. It's just overwhelmingly awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I thought he, Andrew was so good at just kind of keeping it real. Like it's not Mm -hmm. all awesome. And we work really hard to make it this great. And yeah, yeah, I just really appreciate it. I, there was a time we were both at, and we bumped into each other at NAB. like just did not plan on it, just on the show floor. And it was like at the end of a day. And so most of the any of the booths that were gonna serve alcohol were doing so. And so he and I grabbed a beer and just like went into a corner and just talked for an hour.
3: Yeah.
0: And yeah, just talked about hard stuff and things that, you know, wish this was going better and what can I do mm-hmm. about it. And yeah. Just from both of us. And yeah, I just appreciated that he was not afraid to be real and not yeah. hide stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is tough and we're gonna deal with it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I think, I suspect not a lot of people got to see the personal side of Andrew. I mean, yeah. I think everybody that I know, and I, I, I'm sure like you, my phone's been blowing up and I've been getting hundreds of Facebook messages from people saying, yep. man, I'm just sorry for your loss. I, I didn't know Andrew, but I learned a lot from him. Right, and, right. You know, there's kind of that, like you said earlier, it's that, that circle of people that knew, that knew, him, knew of him or yep. kind of knew him vicariously. Yep. But for those of us that actually knew him and got to spend time with him, which was a huge blessing for me yeah. he really does have, he did have a heart of gold um, yeah and a you know as much as as much as we joked about and, and wit wit said it so well on his instagram post the other day is that you know for all the times he goes yeah i don't give a crap yeah. there was nobody that cared deeper about right his friends and about his craft and about his, his things and you know i remember sitting here they did a nmxu here at um in nashville i don't know maybe two years ago or so right right, yeah and um, i went down hung out there for a little bit in the morning and i'm um, just kind of hung out and then they um they had rented a house um uh, not far from my house so okay they were just having a big dinner they're just gonna be they said you know what we're just we're bringing dinner in. why don't you come up hang out at the house and so uh-huh. i did and again, I stood there talking with him for a long, long time. And um, he was asking me at that time I'd gone through, we'd gone through some real heartaches and trouble and, and struggles with our uh, our younger daughter. Okay. And um, he was privy to a lot of the the struggles that we had with that and some of those uh, deep deep problems and struggles. And he had prayed for me. And I know, you know, I'd shared some of the, during the really hard times he had been there and, and taken time to listen to me, just kind of you know, vent sometimes or cry yeah. or whatever, but once things kind of turned around and she kind of got back on track and, you know, came home and, and all that, it was all good. Um, I got to share the story with him. And, you know, I remember I can still, to this moment, I can picture, I can picture exactly what the, the kitchen looked like. Mm-hmm. He and uh, Swanee were sitting there at, a, at the, the bar in the kitchen and I was just kind of leaning up against the island and we were just talking and I was I was tearing up as I was telling the story. And, you know, both of those guys were wiping tears out of their eyes as we talked about, you yeah. know, my daughter being the prodigal son effectively and coming home Mm -hmm. and he had that that heart you know and after i finished kind of the story there was a long pause and he's like bro thanks for sharing that yeah that just that like really makes my heart feel good so thanks for sharing that you know that that but that was andrew right like yeah he really, the people that he cares about, he really cared deeply about. And you you felt that, you yeah. know, it was a visceral feeling that when you talk, like I had to call him one year and I had to bail on seeds because we were having some, again, it was the kind of the, the front end of the struggles with our daughter. And right. I just had to stay home. and so we had planned a whole bunch of product. We were going to do production and do some stuff and be part of the conference and do all this stuff. And I had to, I had to bail on that because I just couldn't go. Yeah. And, um, you know, his comment to me was, dude, don't, don't even worry about this at all. Like don't, don't even think about it. Don't, 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 nobody's bothered by this. Everybody's behind you. We've all been praying for you. You know, I've told, I haven't told the staff everything. I just told them that there's, Mike's got some stuff going on and he needs some prayer. And, you know, we stopped during our seeds meeting the other day and prayed for you guys. And, you know, so just don't, don't even think about it, whatever you need, just do what you got to do. And, you know, that was it. and yeah. um, You know, he loved his people. He loved his people.
0: Yeah. It's just when you just hearing you say that there's so much about my life that I shared with Andrew and uh, so much that he cared about my life Yeah, when he didn't have to. I've been going back through my text with him, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. reliving some of those moments and yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he does such a great job of putting up the front of, uh, Yeah. Yeah he's got it uh he does doesn't care he's kind of tough exterior but he yeah he actually cares and i yeah. think the fact that you know to invest so much of his time and life in the tech arts community um mm-hmm. that's it's not your job but you're doing it it just speaks uh huge ways to to the you know his heart yeah. um how yeah
3: yeah yeah, I thought your observation the other day was uh, was really good on Facebook, where you, you said um, you watched him go from somebody who was really skeptical of helping other churches to being the model for how to right, do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like we kind of came into his life around the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know, that 2012-ish right. area, give or take. And, and I, as I was listening to that first podcast, I didn't pick up on it at the time, mm-hmm. but going back and listening to that podcast, I thought, yeah, that's where he was. He was yeah, kind of not in not so sure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I like listening to your podcast and it's cool. And I read your blog and that's cool, but I don't know if I have anything to offer to these right. folks. Yeah, and, You know, I just don't I, don't, I don't know that he, I don't know that he really grasped What he had to offer at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until a couple of episodes came, you know, went out, and then people started reaching out to him, and he started getting the feedback, and started seeing the response, and started people responded so well to what he had to share.
4: Yeah.
3: um, That I think he finally put it together, and you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know how many people know that for a couple of years they were going down to Mexico. For a couple of weeks, you know, and they, they like rehabbed an entire church. Right. Rehung all their, all their PA and put new consoles in. And they took a bunch of stuff from Church on the Move and went down there with a whole team and like rebuilt their entire AVL infrastructure at no cost to the church. Yeah. You know, that was in the middle. That was really in the middle of the time too when Church on the Move was at the peak of their production.
0: Right. Yeah. Doing so busy. They were just so huge. Everything, yeah, you know, right.
3: changed the sets out every, every six weeks <laughs> oh and, goodness. you know, just the crazy stuff that he was working 60, 70 hours a week. And then he would take two weeks out and fly down to Mexico to work on a church yeah. and, um, and then come back and do a weekend and then fly back to Mexico and spend another week. You know, I mean, he, that's, that's just what, that's just how he was. Yeah, Once he, once he got it, and once i think he saw the value in helping other churches like you couldn't you couldn't hold him back right
0: yeah man <laughs> this uh having these conversations has been so great for my heart just to remember all the great stuff about him the fun stuff the funny stuff the Maybe less than appropriate things, but yeah, just yeah, the stuff the, we can't share on here. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the but the part about just his heart for the church and for people, just yeah. it's hard to talk about.
3: It is, yeah. Now this is. I've actually been able to make it through most of today without tearing up on multiple Mm. occasions. Now you're ruining that for me. Yeah.
0: Sorry. I'm so thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. So I was (laughs) telling somebody that just my personality and sort of how I've had a few very close people pass away and uh, I've come to grips with how I respond to it, which is a very slow burn of, you know, my first reaction is pragmatic I start right. figuring out solving problems, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What
3: yeah. I was on um, the same
0: way. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I can imagine that, uh, as the days go on, just kind of coming to grips with, uh, the mm. reality of it, it will, yeah, I'm sure it will hit me.
3: Yeah. And the worst part of it is I like, I was texting with Lee Fields yesterday about this and I said, you know, the the hard part about it for me is that, you know, when I first, when I first heard the news, of it I actually heard Andrew's voice in my head saying what the crap yeah Yeah. you know (laughs) right (laughs) and then and then I you know I was I was talking with somebody else and I started kind of tearing up a little bit and and then again I heard Andrew's voice in my head going bro you seriously got to get your stuff together (laughs) (laughs) pull your crap together man (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the worst part of it for me is that I can kind of, I can hear him taunting me in my head, right? you know, as I, and you're like, don't be, don't be such a sappy dope, you know, come on. I just, Um, I love the, um, I
0: mean, as we've been having conversations with people, that's been kind of, I'm just imagining, uh, if Andrew had to listen to, you know, this podcast, he would just be like, shut up, you people, come on. (laughs) Yeah, There's more important things would. to do.
3: <laughs> yeah, he absolutely would. He, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, he to- he totally would. He would he would not appreciate this at yeah. all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, for me at least, it's been super uh, therapeutic, and hopefully uh, for you as well, and for the people listening, yeah. just a chance to know him a little more and celebrate his life.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he he had a. Um, He had a tremendous impact on people. Um, And I think, you know, there's the... Oh gosh, my, um, my daughter took a class in school one time, uh, where they talked about the circles of friendship, you know, and okay. there's like, you're the, the, the outside circle is kind of the people that are in and out of your life at various stages. And, you know, they might become friends or acquaintances and that, and they're, they're friends, you're friendly with them, but mm-hmm. you know, they're not necessarily that close. And then you've got the next ring in, which is much, much smaller. Usually it's 10 or 15 people. Yeah. And, um, they're the people that really start to make an impact on your life. Yeah. And then you get down to the, you know, the inner circle of three to five people that really make a, a huge deal in your life. And sometimes people will move in and out of those circles, you know, right, right. just because of life circumstances. And for a while, um, Andrew was in my inner circle for, yeah. you know, just because of where we were in life and where I was, uh, both of us were kind of going through some stuff and we leaned heavily on each other during that time. And, yeah. and again, there were, there were, there are a handful of people in my life that um when something really bad happened, I could text at mm-hmm. one o'clock in the morning yeah. and get a response from, you know. And Andrew is one of those people. Right. Now I hear him again. <laughs> Dude, you seriously got to get your crap together. <laughs> What the crap?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's turn on some 80s music and get get over this. <laughs> some big, long reverb tales. You yeah,
3: know? some, you we need
0: some, uh, what, the, what is that called? Gated reverb drums. Let's go. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah some Phil Collins. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, he and, I, he and I were in this phase for a while where um, every Sunday we would text each other pictures of our, um, our reverb settings <laughs> to see, like, who could get out to the longest reverb tale yeah. before people started yelling at us. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I got up to eight seconds one weekend and and he's like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Since man, we were, we were so both great. such fans of, um, you know, 80s reverb sounds yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> we both kept sharing each other. Here's what's your what's your trick for how do you get more reverb in the sound before people start yelling at you? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so great. <laughs> Cuz you know, the modern sound is no reverb almost. So, right, right. Uh, you got to keep it nice and tight, so, you know, I figured out a way to make it long, but and if I soloed it up, I could listen to the glory of all that reverb. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs>
0: Yeah. should, uh, should be recording those, uh, solo channels and yeah, texting yeah, just those. The yeah, right. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, that's one of the things too, that one of the things that I think where Stone really pushed me as much as, um, he had a huge impact on my life personally. And that's going to, I mean, the to me, that's the loss. Yeah. Ultimately yeah. that's the real loss is just the, the huge impact of, of Stone's, Stone's life and my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, from a production standpoint too. I mean, he was just such a wealth of knowledge. And one of the things that, in fact, I've got, I'm looking right over the, my monitor here. I've got two posters um, that he had made up uh, for the, their offices. And um, one of them says, and this is, this is, I don't know if you've seen these or not. No. uh. Uh-uh. One of them says, consistency, excellence, rock. The greatest of these is rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's got the, you know, the rock yeah, symbol. <laughs> Underneath it, you know, which is perfect for stone. Classic stone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that one, that one is, uh, you know, that one is obviously represents um, a, a big part of his life is the rock. Yeah. But then the other one, and I think this is where this is kind of the more fine slicing of really who Stone was, was the next one says, Details are what make take us from good to great. Huh. And for those of you that never got to see Stone in action, it was all about the details, you know, like the big stuff was ironed out long time ago. The big stuff was solved. They, they did all that. Right. Right. And where they really focused their time and their energy on is the details of things. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, one time I got to be there for the final rehearsal of the opener of seeds. We got to go in and hang out with him while they were running that. And, um, what was cool is that the, well, it wasn't necessarily cool, but the band <laughs> kept missing the, in, they kept messing up the intro to the song. Okay. You know, it was like an eight bar intro and they just kept getting it wrong yeah. you know, over and over again. And they get through the intro and Andy would stop them and go, no, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. Do yeah. it again. And they'd roll it again. And then they'd stop and Stone would go, no, you missed that pickup there. Do it again. And somebody, you know, they'd do it again. And somebody, some, some miss something else. Yeah, and they yeah. did it. I think, gosh. I bet they did that eight-bar intro um, into the first verse six or seven times (laughs) before Andy finally stopped him and said, "There, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Do that again in twenty minutes. (laughs) Yeah, in twenty minutes. (laughs) Nobody ever saw because we were literally like twenty minutes to doors. Yeah, right. And they were still working on that opening for it was a tricky opening, and you know people just weren't quite locking up. Sure, right. But." They worked on that opening until it was perfect. Yeah, and the, that's what when you went to, when you go to a Seeds conference, that's what it was, and it was because they worked hard. And, you know, they were there. I and I, I know they were there because I was there some nights until yeah. the wee hours of the morning rehearsing. Right and getting ready for the next thing after they had already done a full day of, a, of, a, of a, an event. Right, right. Then they would do another day. Then the second shift would start at 10 o'clock after everybody left. Yeah. And they'd work till two or three o'clock in the morning to get Goodness. ready for the next day. Yeah. So it would be perfect.
0: Yeah. I think it's one thing to, to take that opener as an example, like to even know there's a problem that needs yeah. to be solved and yeah. even how to solve it. Uh, something that I so appreciate about what andrew brought to the table it's like he's not gonna just let it suck no and he knows he's got ideas about how to solve it and so like stop we're gonna do this again because it has to be right yeah i think so much of the time yeah people average people i guess is the word would just be like yeah it's good good enough or fine yeah Yeah. and maybe it is but yeah to to really go after um yeah this isn't to go from good to great
3: yeah right you know, and that's where I, I, again, I got to sit in rehearsals with him. Um, when Van and I, when I moved here to Nashville, Van and I drove across the country and uh-huh. we, we took a detour, you know, <laughs> to go a little, little bit North and swing through Tulsa on the way. It was a couple hours out of our way, but we thought we can't just drive past Tulsa, you know, and Right, so right. <laughs> it, we, we timed the trip. I actually, I actually scheduled the entire trip, the entire move so that we would be in Tulsa on a Saturday night. Oh, perfect. And, um, you know, we we I, I even to the point of this is this may be a little bit obsessive, but I actually scheduled the stops that we had so that we would arrive in Tulsa late afternoon in time to be there for rehearsal, and then we could do the <laughs> service, and then go out to dinner with Andrew afterwards. <laughs> so, because that all had it all had to be, you know. We drove all the way across the country. We had to figure all that stuff sure, out. Sure, right, yeah. If you're right, figuring so, it out, might
0: as well be there for a rehearsal.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we did all that and uh, we showed up and, you know, we got to sit through the rehearsal of the whole thing. And, you know, after each run of a song, um, both Andy and Andrew would chime in with suggestions, you know. And I remember uh-huh. Andrew telling the guitar player one time, hey, I think you've got a little bit too much fuzz on your guitar. I'm just just not feeling right. Maybe just dial that back. Sure you know, or the drummer, Hey, you know, do play it this way. Yeah. You're, I'm getting too much bleed from this into there. And, you know, he had, he had very, very specific things, um, instructions for almost every member of the band. Yeah. And it was stuff that, you know, I'm listening to it going, man, this sounds really good. Right. And then he's drilling down to the level of detail of, um, yeah, there's too much fuzz on your, your pedal of your guitar for this song. Right. Right. Um, you know, again, like you said, most people would go, yeah, it's fine.
0: Yeah. And I think it even speaks to just how much uh, respect Andrew had with the people at Church on the Move that he could yeah. have those conversations. I mean, yep. there's nothing harder than being in the booth, talking into a talkback mic, telling the band what to do. Right. Like, that's not normal.
3: Especially that level of a band. Right, yeah. Because those guys aren't slackers.
0: Right. And so to be yeah. able to, to take that input from Andrew and, do, and actually do something with it and respect respect yeah. it. Uh, that, yeah. that speaks to a lot of work behind the scenes that Andrew did relationally. Yeah. Um, uh, that yeah, it wasn't just automatic.
3: No, no. And I know, I know, and you probably have talked to him about this too, was the, the length of time it took them to get to that point, Yeah. you know, where they could have those conversations and it was years.
0: Yeah. I it think was years. so I've had so many conversations with people over the years about how did you, you know, build this amazing thing together and how did you get along and all this stuff and so much of it is well we basically went through hell together yeah uh, and came out the other side Mm -hmm. better for it and i think yeah hearing that example of andrew yeah they probably went through years and years of struggle and yep uh, butting heads and pushing through and Mm -hmm. coming out the other side better everybody's better because of it Uh, yeah yeah
3: yeah. No, I know and I know that they did because he told me. Yeah. <laughs> and they they went through some really difficult times when they changed the when they changed the culture of Church on the Move, that was not an easy change. Right, oh, I can't imagine, um, yeah. And uh, I've heard some of the behind the scenes tales of how that went. And, you know, and, and a lot of credit goes to Willie George for having the courage to stand up and say, this is what we're doing, here's where we're going. Right, right. You can follow us or there's another church down the road. We're good either way, but sure. this is what we're doing. Right, right. And to be able to rally the staff around it against all the criticism. And, and you know, Andrew was part of that as he came in to kind of bring that new, that new um, culture right Uh, you know andy uh, andrew brought uh, daniel cannell in and then andy christman was already there and you know that whole team kind of you know, change the culture of that church. And, you right. know, they're the classic um, overnight success that took <laughs> 10 or 15 years to <laughs> get there,
0: right? Right, yeah.
3: Like ever all of a sudden they popped up on the cover of Church Production Magazine, you know, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing church they just started. Look at what they're yeah. doing. And Andrew's <laughs> like, are you kidding me? We've been struggling through this for the last eight years. Right, oh, right. It's only the last two years that we've figured any of this stuff out. Sure, yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> and so... <laughs> It was, it was literally that, uh, 10 year, 10 year overnight success. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And he had to, he had to work really, really, really hard to build up the, um, the, uh, the trust with his leadership and with, uh, the band and with Andrew, with Andy and, you know, that whole team to right. be able to have that ability to stand in the booth and tell a guitar player to turn down the distortion. Right. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that was, it took a lot of work on his part. And I think that's where, that's where, again, I think Andrew differentiates himself from, from more average people that, and a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of a lot of guys will hear some of the things that he did or accomplished and, you know, they'll hear some of these stories and they'll go, oh man, yeah, it would be easy if I had a church like Church on the Move. It right, be right. easy if I had that budget. And I'm sure you've heard yeah. those yeah. same criticisms, you know, of yeah. where you used to be. And, um, oh yeah, it's easy for you because right, blah, right. blah, blah. You have no idea yeah. really how much work and effort it took him to get to where he was. And it was really only the last couple of years that he got to throttle back even a little bit to be able to start. And then, of course, he filled his time immediately with MXU. Right, right. You know, with (laughs) it. Well, it is amazing
0: uh, when when something isn't part of the culture, the amount of work required is astronomical. Oh, yeah. But then as time goes on and those values become just in the water, like you're not even talking about them anymore. Yeah. That it makes it look so easy when you get to that point.
3: Right. And most people only see it at the easy time. Right,
0: right. But getting there is almost impossible. Yeah. I mean, I think about at at Willow Creek, yeah, that we never, there were so many things we never even talked about. And you go yeah. to a church and they're like, "Well, they're not talking about it, and it's not good. You know, like they don't even know they should be talking about it, yeah, yeah, whereas we've talked about it ten years ago, and now mm-hmm. it's just part of what we do, yeah, to see the overnight success of church on the move. yeah, the I can't imagine the years of, yeah, pushing really hard,
3: pain, pain and struggle, yeah, it yeah. was it was hard. And yeah, I got, uh, this, this is a lot of the the post show (laughs) stuff, you know, that would come out or late at night, you know, after we talked about, and a lot of times it was because we talked about, well, here's where we are today. Right. And then we'd finish the show up and then he'd go, yeah, let me tell you about where we were five years ago. Right. Right. And that's the stuff that I'm not going to talk about, but let me, I'll tell you guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so Van and Duke and I very often got the glimpse behind the curtain you know, before it became, you know, before it became the church that everybody wanted to be. Right, right. And it was, there was a lot of pain and a lot of heartache and a lot of struggle getting there. Yeah. But again, Andrew being who he was, just, just kept his head down and push. Just kept pushing where he and driving the culture to where it needed to be. Right. Um, with his his team on the technical side of things, um, bringing in the right people to do what needed to be done, setting the culture, uh, pouring into his people to the point where you know he became the the field commander that his his troops would walk through fire for. Right. Right. You know. You know. They never you know, you, you, wouldn't see anybody skipping out right after the end of service, you know, like they were all there at the end doing what right. needed to be done. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, they would just, they would literally walk through fire for him if that's what he told them to do. Yeah. And because he had that level of presence and that level of trust amongst his staff. Right. And again, that takes years to cultivate. You don't yeah. just walk in and get that.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's
3: years and years of hard work.
0: Uh one thing just uh on that note um if you're feeling the need to pray pray for the team at Church on the Move I mean the production yeah. team the the stage the people on stage I'm sure everybody's really struggling through like what uh what matters what doesn't matter how do I keep moving on I can hear Andrew in my head saying get on with your crap and let's go Yeah <laughs> That's easier said than done um yeah. and uh yeah just my heart's going out to just thinking about. There's a weekend service coming, and yeah, it's yeah, gotta,
3: and he's and he's not going to be there,
0: right? And it needs to get done.
3: Yeah.
0: All right, I'm here with my friends uh, Johan and Alben, who uh, famously, from a Philo perspective, uh, and mix you usually the people coming from the furthest fr- are my friends from Sweden. How's it going, guys?
5: Good. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I mean, so, you, you stopped giving us prices for that.
0: Right, we had to come up with new games. Yeah, we can't keep <laughs> saying who came from the farthest because they'll just keep winning. Yeah, Who came from the closest, maybe we should try that. But uh, anyway,
1: <laughs> who yeah, lives across yeah. the
0: street from the location? Uh, I asked you guys to be a part of this, just thinking about uh, your connection with Andrew. Uh, you've been to MixU a bunch. You've had a MixU in Sweden. Uh, you've had yeah. Andrew and the MXU guys out for your Swedish Gurus conference. Uh, one year, Andrew and I came uh, out there together. And yep. yeah, just I thought ah, it would be just great to kind of talk about Andrew and the things you loved about him.
5: Yeah. I mean, it came, yeah, that's- it came, came like a shock to us, uh, uh, as for everyone else, I guess. But yeah. Andrew's been out to Sweden now for, is it four or five times? I think oh, it, if
6: you count the mix, he's been... Yeah.
5: Wow. yeah, we were yeah. planning
6: to do uh, to have him uh, this this fall as well. But yeah, we I think we we first got to know him before the first Philo. Was it that it was a lead lab a lead lab before the first Philo? Um, yeah, yep. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
5: The f- first time we actually saw Andrew in real life <laughs> was at the uh, Guru's Thirteen okay. Conference right. at Willow Creek. He and Whitney George was right. on stage. Uh, in a like a couch uh, session Uh, I still remember that one that was a really good one that's Uh, funny I've
0: been thinking about that session uh, recently and I just can remember being on stage with them interviewing Andrew and Witt and just thinking what is what are they going to say next like I just I did not have I didn't feel like I had very much control over the conversation (laughs) which was fine
5: yeah because it was great I mean, really strong personalities yeah. and the whole spectrum of personalities with, with, yeah, in yeah. between them, so, so to speak. Uh, that was the first time we saw him. We didn't talk uh-huh. to him that year. It had has yep. yep. to be 2015, your first correct. Philo. And the day before that Philo, they decided to do a lead yep. lab with the Church Technical yeah. Leader Network. And Andrew, you, Dennis Choi, Bill Syringham, and someone else was there. And that was actually the first time we talked to Uh Andrew. Yeah, I still remember that. That was actually, it was an amazing day for us. We hadn't been to a lead lab or anything Uh like that. Uh, So the whole thing was a mind-blowing thing. And afterwards, Andrew was standing by himself on the uh, on stage left, doing his thing with sure, his right, phone yeah. or something. And everyone else, maybe was a little bit more <laughs> famous, so people actually went up to you, Todd, <laughs> and to Bill, and to Dennis, uh-huh. talked to them, and Andrew was standing there by himself in the corner. So uh, after a minute or two of gathering <laughs> courage, <laughs> I mean, we were, we were rookies yeah. at that time. Uh, we actually went up to Andrew and uh, introduced ourselves and uh, talked to him. And I think we found a connection quite quick, Uh actually. And I couldn't figure out why he was alone in that corner, not talking to anyone. I mean, we've been talking to you and Dennis before. But, I mean, this is this extremely, in my world, famous sound engineer. And now we actually know that he has leadership qualities that are off the roof. So... uh, why? Why wasn't anyone else talking to him? That was mind yeah. blowing for me. And then we went to to do the Philo thing, and he was still yeah. around. So we talked to him a little bit more. Yeah, he taught a couple that. breakouts,
0: I yeah. believe, uh, the next day. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Something like that. So we talked a little bit more before we went home that year yeah. with him. And later that summer, I think it was, we mailed him Dennis choy and Bill syringium and asked yeah. if they if some of them or one of them were willing to come to our conference that fall uh, and everyone yeah. said yes without talking to anyone else <laughs> so <laughs> we were planning to have one speaker and we got uh-huh. three well, we uh, ended up with yeah, three yeah. main speakers at that event yeah. that was a great one Kind of destroyed our budget, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we we were we had a budget for one yeah, to fly yeah. over one person, but then we sat there with three. But that was an, an amazing trip, both to do the the Philo and the um, uh, the Lead Lab thing, and meeting Andrew and all the other guys that we've been listening to podcasts yeah. and stuff like that too. And then having him over to Sweden that fall, that was
6: we that had our conference in november else. that year so yeah. it was it was dark and it was cold and he, <laughs> he loved, loved it.
5: it yeah yeah pitch black and cold
6: yeah, yeah he, he he never changed out of his shorts right. he was always walking yep. around in shorts it was yep. like zero degrees celsius right. raining uh, and he was like this is this is nice <laughs> yeah, weather he's got I love his it.
0: fleece uh, yeah. black yep. fleece and at the time was wearing combat boots Short. and um yeah and shorts I think he yep. changed recently yeah. to his mixu Nike uh, shoes, but uh, <laughs> otherwise same attire. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want to say when we were there together it was later in the year too, maybe October November. I remember it being very dark. Yeah, uh, yeah. October, but
5: yeah. still same thing: shorts yeah. and a and a fleece. Yeah, we we actually the. The last time he was... No, that's uh, for the mix When he was there for the mix it was in January. It was even colder. (laughs) And we actually did something that we figured Americans don't do. We actually walked from the church to the restaurant, And he was... uh, He was not happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) It was really cold. And everyone else were wearing (laughs) pants, so they didn't complain. But... He that was probably the first time he's ever felt yeah. cold on that well, level. It
6: like a it was 10, 15 minutes, all right. Board, okay,
5: yeah, but it was really cold <laughs> and windy, so he was not happy. That's so funny, but yeah,
0: yeah. I think uh, was, maybe somebody mentioned it already in the conversations I've been having. Maybe it was Dennis. He and Dennis went to the ABBA Museum, which is there in Stockholm, maybe.
5: Yeah, yep. actually, uh, Dennis no, that was, and Andrew were uh, oh, first here.
6: Okay.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first year they were there, uh, they took uh-huh. a cab and just got in the cab and told the, the cab driver, take us to all the the, the things okay. we have to see, and you have an hour on you. And we want to see yeah, the okay. museum, which was oh, closed, really? of course. <laughs> yeah, so they took pictures outside okay. of it. And he was really happy to have been there, even though he didn't get to go inside. (laughs) So two years later, we had an extra day with him. So we actually took him and Jeff Sandstrom to the ABBA Museum. And it was like two kids (laughs) in a candy store. They were mind blown. Yeah, there's a, there's a picture
6: place. somewhere of them standing over a, a audio very old audio console trying to mix uh, oh, really? the ABBA tracks. <laughs>
5: yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can do like a virtual it mix It's like a four-track recording then was, uh, or, something. or something. Yeah, exactly. And then
1: compare to the original tracks. Yeah,
0: that's funny. Yeah. It's funny to me, like his love for ABBA, you know, when you look at him, when you hear him talk, it seems a lot more rock and roll. Uh, you know, just the opposite kind of Ava, but he, yeah, he loved that music.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he couldn't stop thinking about it. And when when they they brought uh, Lee in, they had a uh, almost a demand that they were actually going to live at the ABBA Museum okay. Hotel. <laughs> so that was the next thing. So we were actually we were talking about booking that for them. Yeah, this okay. Whole. <laughs> Without Lee knowing about it. (laughs) (laughs) There would have been something else. Man. But yeah, that was a really fun trip. Just walking after Lee, no, uh, Jeff and uh, Andrew in the ABBA Museum. That was really fun. And then trying trying to uh, fool Andrew to try Swedish candy. Which he did not. He did not try it or he just didn't like it? He, I think
6: we forced him to do one no no (laughs) we didn't no we we didn't try to pretty sure he he later uh last time we saw him when we were having a a, uh, breakfast at denny's uh, Uh this year he he confessed to me that he he tried he (laughs) licked one we we gave him an an entire bag and he said that he licked one and uh, it it tasted awful and he couldn't get the (laughs) taste out of his mouth for the entire day (laughs) <laughs> so maybe for those of you who don't know, I mean it's not
0: like we're talking about Swedish fish here. We're talking it's like some kind of a no. black isn't it black?
5: It's like yeah, it's black, black licorice and it's
0: salty. Oh my. Really, really salty. I can't say I've had it, but I'm just like disappointed. Sticking
5: <laughs> your tongue in a salt yeah. <laughs> bath or something. Oh, no, it's great.
6: It, there's yeah. actually a, a fun story about that. When when the um, when we had the uh-huh. mix you we rented a car to drive every everyone around and, and their their equipment. And the last, um, the last. Yeah, they have uh, these big
5: uh, plastic uh, okay. road cases for everything. Yeah, all we, the we video had their care. cases
6: in our car. So the last day, the, the last night before that, we were going to drive them to the airport. We took their cases and we went to the local supermarket and bought a bunch <laughs> of Swedish candies
5: and <laughs> just filled the cases with it. Yeah. I so think all the road one of them got stuck were, in Yeah. So they were overpacked yeah. with candies and they had a new guy with them that weren't in the, the original Mixu uh-huh. you crew. Uh, and because of the, uh, weight limitations, they distribute the, the, uh, the cases between the, the sure, uh, right. passengers. Uh, so when this last guy went through customs, they stopped okay. him and asked, did you pack this and that? And are you sure there's nothing else? in these bags, except the audio gear. And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. No, there's nothing else. And they opened it and it was packed with these <laughs> colorful, small bags uh-huh. with candies. And the, uh, the um, officer there were like, not yeah. happy about it. And all the other guy, Andrew and Lee, and yeah, they were yeah. all through customs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he was so nervous, this guy. It was really funny. So Andrew uh, SMS us directly afterwards, and like hey, hey, very funny <laughs> with with this ironic yeah, undertone. Yeah. yeah, hilarious. Yeah, the one thing about hilarious. Andrew is that
0: he's he's uh, ready to dish out the the jokes and all that, but he's also easy to receive them. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, just
4: yeah,
0: yeah, loves a good joke, whether it's on him or not.
6: We, yeah. we did send one a very big bag with that kind of candy with um, jesse yeah with uh with jesse to to drop it at andrew's office i don't know if he got it uh wow. or not but
5: yeah Jesse was supposed to plan a, a big bag of salty licorice candies uh, in andrew's office but we uh, we didn't get yeah, yeah. a story uh, if he if he was able to sure, do it in right. time or not but we try to uh, to do stuff to him, but it's yeah. it's hard. I mean, he's the prankster, yeah. so it, it's hard to yeah. do that.
0: It's hard to get one on him. Uh,
5: yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
6: Yeah, but uh, as you said, Todd, he, he's generous yeah. in that way. He's uh, yeah. generous. He was generous in a lot of ways, but that was one of the ways. Then he was just he just he
5: could laugh yeah, yeah. at it as well. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, It's funny.
0: uh, I was uh, before our conversation, I was looking on uh, both of your Facebook pages and sort of looking at the photos. And it's been interesting just to see the all the photos with Andrew over the years and sort of placing that. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, the MXU right before the very first or the first MXU in Chicago before Philo. And yeah, just being able to kind of see a timeline of the last three or four or five years and i have to say I was yeah. jealous in a way all the pictures you had with andrew uh because i'm super bad at taking pictures uh number one just in general but with other people um and so i could not find any photos of andrew or m- me and andrew anywhere yeah well, we I, so been. i i made it yeah, in really one of your have. photos <laughs> yeah just happened to be in the background you know yeah. so uh, yeah i just i yeah sort of resolved after kind of all this that I just need to be better about. Just take, this, take the minute, yeah. take a photo. It's not that big of a deal. And uh, yeah, just so yeah. I can remember uh, things instead of, uh, yeah, just scouring my photos. If I'm honest, some of the photos I fo- like the majority of the photos I found from Andrew, of Andrew were from the, that lead lab in 2015 and the, that Philo. Mm-hmm. You know, just from the back of the room, taking a photo of Andrew doing something, yeah. and you know they're grainy and don't look great, and like I can't post this photo because it, <laughs> you know, it's just not good, and I don't have anything else. So, good job for you guys for taking selfies with Andrew at every yeah. opportunity.
5: <laughs> it's just, it's just awkward the first couple of years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, oh, yeah.
5: Huh. yeah. Yeah, I, I have this thing that I like. have to take a selfie with people that I meet that I think are interesting or good friends of mine that I don't see as much yeah, yeah. as I want to. So I try to do it. But as you say, it's sometimes it's kind of awkward, but it, you have to do it because it's so much easier to yeah. remember persons and situations if yeah. you have those kind of awkward right. photos. They don't need to be perfect, but you right, still right. remember so: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the crazy. next
0: time that we take it a picture is. together, I'll, we'll, I'll get my phone out too and say, "Hey, we're taking yeah, exactly my, my phone
5: also." <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a funny story actually. That one that means a lot to me and Alvin, I know this. It's the, the first time Andrew was over in Sweden. We've talked yeah. to him like a few times before at that lead lab, at the Philo, mm-hmm. or something like that and i don't even think we did a skype meeting with him before oh, wow. he went over and he had no idea what he was mm, going sure. over for we we just invited him and we said if you want to know anything about it talk to todd he's yeah, been yeah. here once, once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so, we had, i mean we had done the conference like twice so yeah so we we did we did a conference in sweden i mean sweden we don't have paid technicians in churches yeah. here so the whole, the whole situation here is very different to what the Americans are doing. But we still have a conference with a couple of hundred people uh, with the same uh-huh. hearts. And I mean, that's that's what's matter. So Andrew was over. Um, he did his thing uh, doing classes. He actually did a lighting class. <laughs> I can actually say that now. He did two audio and he did one okay. lighting Actually, yeah. So we showed videos from from what they have done yeah. in the church, the transformation they got from when they were all wearing uh, having like yellow and green uh, suits <laughs> on stage to the totally black, cool sure, yeah. church of, okay. that we know today. So we we got to see the whole transformation, um, but he d- He didn't have any idea what what yeah. we were doing and the kind of church we have, but the after the whole conference, we actually got to we send uh, Dennis Troy and Bill Serenium away because they had to do a okay. earlier flight yeah. and then me and Alvin got a couple of hours with Andrew at one okay. of the hotels, having a breakfast, and I would say that's probably the one of the most life-changing, <laughs> absolutely, breakfasts <Yeah. laughs> I've ever had. Uh, just sitting down for three hours with mm, some eggs and uh-huh. sandwiches, uh, having a talk with this this man. That's for me like a hero, uh, a huge um, resource of leadership experience. Yeah that I couldn't even grasp at that time. And I would say that's the time when it all hmm. changed. That was the time I got to be a really, really good yeah. friend with Andrew. Uh, that was- When a, I
6: think back on that, uh, that breakfast, I, I can't help but think that, I think it was Whitney George that wrote, uh, and uh, was it on Facebook or on Instagram or something, that Andrew just gets yeah. me. And I kind of experienced mm-hmm. that as well. He, uh, we're the same. He gets me. Yeah. I get him. Uh, you understand why you are the way you are, and and he understands yeah. that as well. And that was a, it was really a great, uh, a great time to just sit down and have a chat with him. We had countless breakfasts with him ever since. Every time yeah. we are around, we just we'll just we'll try to, to get a breakfast, and it's just. Yeah. You have such good conversations. You can laugh. You can you can uh, you, you just talk about life and. and,
5: and, yeah. and the, moon that the
6: moon and landing. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, oh, yeah. I, I guess he knows if, if the moon landing
0: the real or is, is not now. Yeah. Fake or not? No? So I was telling <laughs> yeah. my. If, if you think it's. Yeah, I was telling my wife yeah, uh, you know, this morning that I thought it was uh, ironic that I think. Um, So the funeral service is on Thursday, the eighteenth of July, and I think the Saturday, the twentieth, is the actual fiftieth anniversary of the moon landing. And I just thought, how ironic that uh, there would be near some anniversary of this uh, thing that Andrew was (laughs) skeptical is maybe the wrong word. I think he was uh, uh, adamantly skeptical.
5: I don't know. Actually, I don't. I would say that he was. He was was open for suggestions. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, if you believed in the moon landing and then sat down yeah. to talk with him, you were not as sure <laughs> as you were before. And he still hadn't said if it was true right, right. or not. You just weren't sure, sure yeah. anymore. That's so great. My yeah.
6: my wife actually told me today that uh, she, she thought that when, well, if Jesus came and, and, and got, mm-hmm. got him, yeah. took him to heaven, he, they probably stopped by at the moon just to see if it was true or not.
0: <laughs> to prove it to Andrew.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They were here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. Yeah.
0: yeah that's a good I, so I just hearing you guys talk about having breakfast uh, with Andrew, we, a couple of uh, my favorite meals of all time uh, were with Andrew. Um, we uh, After the very first Philo, so back then it was a one day event, and so we did our one day, and then I just said, "Hey, whoever wants to go out to dinner, I'm buying. Let's go," you know. And so there were maybe eight or ten of us, just a random collection of people, um, and Andrew was one of them, and uh, he got to sit next to my wife, and they like got to know each other, and you know, just uh, number one, it was such a great way to celebrate, uh, you know, this idea of Philo not knowing if it would work or not to be there with Andrew and kind of celebrating the moment. And then uh, I think the other one was we were doing, it was kind of the the tail end of the lead lab thing. And we, we did one in uh, California and he had asked me to be a part of it. And so he and I ended up going out to eat that night or the night before I've sort of forgotten which at the soul food restaurant, which Soul food is like a. It's a, I mean, I'm not the right person to describe it, but it's like Southern cooking, Southern American cooking. So it's like fried chicken yep. and collard greens and okra and all this stuff that I would never normally eat and that you probably have no <laughs> idea what it even means, what I'm saying. macaroni and cheese, uh, baked beans. It's just like, it's very heavy, delicious food. So we like, yeah, let's go to the soul food place. And we we the music the the music track was amazing number one the, the the playlist and it was i can remember there were two speakers in the ceilings of the of the restaurant and it was panned left and right and so uh the music they were playing is from the 60s and so like it was very hard panned you know it was just very was eating dinner with an audio guy like we were just Kind of Oh, yeah, the guitar is way over there and, you know, the, I can hear the background vocals here. And, uh, but then the food, we just, I, it seems like we, we just got everything on the menu. Our table was full, just the two of us, full of plates of food and it was kind of family style where you all sort of pick off, you know, whatever bowl is there. Uh-huh. And then I think at the end, of, we were both so full and then we ended up ordering dessert I don't know why, <laughs> and we both just took it home. Uh, took oh. it back to the hotel. We're like, not going to eat it here. Oh. And uh, yeah. I don't. I think he ate it for breakfast or something like that the next day. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man! Yeah, talking food with Andrew
5: is always the, the moonlighting <laughs> food leadership yeah, right, and yeah. technology. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm here with Steven Aruda of MikeRentals.com fame. How's it
7: going, Stephen? Good, very good. Thank you for not introducing me as Mike Reynolds, but I'm sure that would come <laughs> out later. Mike Reynolds, nice, I like that. <laughs> so thanks for
0: being willing to come on. And
7: No problem, it's, gosh, my honor to say that I I, I knew him for as Yeah, long how long
0: I have you known, no. Andrew?
7: Uh, so okay. 14 years, 2005. Wow. Yeah, I, I remember walk, walking into the building i was going to run spotlight for uh a for him yes. concert it was andy crispin's like farewell <laughs> for him concert church
0: on the move <laughs>
7: at church on the move and this is where the ship was starting sure, to turn. Okay. you could see like we're starting to try cooler stuff uh-huh. and uh obviously I, I noticed the audio immediately was kick butt right away uh-huh. uh and that system was was on its last legs blown drivers all kind and Andrew was just making it do its thing right right uh, but uh, that's so great yeah I would somebody was like hey uh, you need to meet Andrew and uh, I, th- I went to his office and he had all these third day platinum records up on his okay. thing and I was like this guy's legit. <laughs> yeah, not, not to pretend. mention he's a big dude. And yeah. I was like, I wanted to actually hug him immediately. But Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. That's my reaction to guys like that. I just yeah. um he's uh what's awesome is about his all of his touring and road experience, he can have a conversation with anybody. About anything almost anything, yeah, except sports, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was surprised at the um just in talking with people at the the sort of i guess what do you call it an after party yeah. uh, uh to to the memorial services, everybody had a different connection point with Andrew. There wasn't like we all loved Pink Floyd together or we all loved black uh sleeveless um, uh, uh fleece jacket. Yeah everybody kind of had their own sort of personal connect with Andrew that we didn't all just love one thing together. It was all unique.
7: It was really, yeah, really remarkable. That was the same, th- same thing, just, yeah, talking to people about what, where the connection was outside of what I thought the connection was. These people I had no idea he even, he even knew or affected. And it, every, everybody from the, the lady that did catering, you know that was her only interaction with him. Yeah. But every it's like every interaction was oddly life changing. You know, she could have probably texted him about personal problems. He he would have seriously yeah. answered her. Uh, you know, <laughs> given her some
0: advice. Listen to more Pink Floyd.
7: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, when, with with me even having like all these kids, you have six kids just to go on record, yeah. Because of his connection with people who also had like families big and small how he took care of the guys on tour uh and understanding his emotional intelligence was really high yeah yeah when it came to that stuff because that stuff meant meant a lot to people oh one time todd i i, I got interrupted by some random guy in the yeah, audience I love that. Uh, yeah. just off the street sure. yeah and then um oh man i hated being the one to tell andrew that i uh, we i did this um but it was one of those things It's like I want to just trust him with uh, the truth yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and we didn't want to obviously play that one for the second service so we were going to be recording on a 15 minute delay okay my DVR op forgot to hit record so I was like ooh oh man <laughs> so we had to play that awkward moment uh uh-huh. all over again and he <laughs> Basically said, it's like that's okay. I'll just I'll just tell tell wit and we'll shut the church down tomorrow. <laughs> that if he diffused those bombs, those internal bombs, you know, sure right, yeah. Uh, and you're the little chatterbox that goes on your head, like I suck. And he defused yeah. those, and that's again, that's what he created a magnet for our teams.
0: Yeah. I mean, just even to trust that you feel it more than anyone else that there's an error. You know, that he, he doesn't need to say something about it, you know, or point yeah. it out or make sure you understand that you should not forget to, you know, whatever. But uh, to trust that people want it to be awesome, has such a great starting point for leading people, I think. Uh,
7: absolutely. He loved people who could tell on themselves easily, you know, they could just be like, hey, I, it's like, that's great. If he found out about something later and realized you weren't like upfront yeah. or honest, especially if it was a vital thing.
1: Or you were yeah, dodging yeah. it
7: or passing it on to somebody else. So he's like, you just tell you, you need to own this. Uh, you know, next yeah. time something like that, you know, that happens. Yeah. But seeing Mix, Mix U for the first time and him there was just like, he's still learning. I thought yeah. he had it all. He's got the records on his wall and he, yeah. had, one, oh, he had one of the coolest offices ever. You got to see it, right? I yeah. did, yeah. And you saw your triangle hanging up. I try. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so they weren't giving tours. I didn't ask necessarily for a tour. I just wanted to see the auditorium, and that turned into a full-blown tour. But yeah, the so uh, I think I was talking to Dennis Choi on these uh, kind of remembering um, Andrew Stone, and we were on a trip with Andrew and Dennis and Bill Swaringham, yeah. and my oldest son and I were in Washington, D.C. together. And we were driving somewhere together in a minivan, I remember. I'm, it's the only time I've ridden in a car in a minivan with Andrew. Normally, it's like the oh, biggest that vehicle <laughs> right. that exists. Yeah, that exists. And basically, we, we were listening to, I think it was Billy Joel's Innocent Man, Oh, the song. Innocent Man. And so there's like some heavy triangle work that's going on, you know, just in the recording. And he just kept talking about it. And it was like he was playing the air triangle, you know, so if you can imagine how you would do that, what that looks like, he's doing it. Like, oh, man, I love playing air triangle on this song. And it just, like, it's stuck. It's like one of our things that we would always talk about. And, in fact, there was um, one of the last texts I sent Andrew, I found was like a cartoon of a heavy metal triangulist. (laughs) <laughs> and it was a guy holding a triangle with a like a beat a mixer electric mixer That's in awesome. you know the middle of the triangle. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. So I now I'm forgetting what he his response was like. You know, classic. There was, I there, there was, there's a triangle up. moment um, with
7: um with yeah, gonna, from the Muppets. Okay, And he's trying to play this really pretty ding. Yeah yeah. And he's waiting and he wants to he wants to just nail it and he's <laughs> yeah. like ding and you can hear the animal going uh ah, ah, ah. yeah and then yeah. he finally go he finally yeah. goes off on yeah, his yeah, thing. Yeah. But what did it what does text say? Uh it said I resonate with this.
0: <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> oh man, I love it too. I I mean, if you're listening to this you can't see it, but it's like oh, it's a guy a- dressed in a tuxedo reading music.
7: Yeah. yeah, and with the egg, with the heavy egg metal <laughs> <trying> to, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Anyway, um, the, <laughs> those those t- you could hear when in, in those texts, I could always hear his sarcasm. I didn't never have to question his tone in when he texts you, right? Yeah, that's the next nice yeah. thing.
0: Yeah, with so many people, you have to like wonder what are they, what are they saying, what do they really mean but uh also so this this particular it's like saturday night live somebody Uh, playing a triangle i texted this to andrew when um he was on stage at a mix u like he was just up there and had his phone nearby and i'm just like well now's the time i'm sending it to him yeah he started laughing immediately up on stage. So you're not and, it's funny. Yeah.
7: I, I'm glad you admit to doing that because yeah, <laughs> I, I would do this something similar too, yeah. just uh, catch something that was either part of a conversation from earlier and and it, it's yeah. funny you would hear him see it and then you see his head bounce. Yeah. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah, know yeah. how Wit how, uh, put it really well that he he lived uh, a whole life and half the time. Because it yeah, right. he was yeah, yeah. He, he could do so much at the same time. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. How are you staying your train of thought is it's in mix you, but he's able to like keep texting and he's not doing it like disrespectfully and ignoring people. He never sure, said right. Can you say that again? He was listening the whole dang time. <laughs> you know, I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody said they um it might have been his sister in law, they said they broke the mold when they made Andrew Stone. Oh yeah, totally. I was yeah, just right. thinking about the journey that he had to go on to become that it's like it was just like written out for him you know uh yeah the story that he tells with him walking up to his first tour bus and he has a sleeping bag and (laughs) the, the guy's like what's 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 that for uh um yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> he just played stupid. <laughs> he said yeah. he's just he yeah, yeah. like it's a million dollar tour bus, and I'm an idiot bringing a sleeping bag on a million dollar tour bus. <laughs> uh, you know, so for people who shame themselves for having a learning curve, he, man, yeah, he would share stories of shame like that all the time. Like when he didn't even know what a comp and a gate actually yeah, did, yeah, yeah. And he would just kind of point over it to the systems right. guy, like, hey, yeah, can you adjust, fix that? <laughs> You know, (laughs) I had those exact moments, you know, and that's what they, the the great ones do. And, but Andrew was great because he talked about it and made himself more reachable and, 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 you know, and uh, you could walk up to him and have a normal conversation. And uh, my goodness, those, uh, gosh, those, yeah, I'm, I am, I'm thankful for digital, like the technology we have because we can go back and look at this, this digital fingerprint you know, right? And and, and yeah, yeah. enjoy the moments like that. Those conversations were happening and happening with him. Yeah. Somebody respectfully said, "Like, man, I could have wish I could have learned more from him or learned from him." And I was like, "Um, you know, there's this thing called Mix You Now uh that we recorded a ton of stuff. Yeah, that's right. Uh, as Andrew would say, we a ton of crap <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. for them to go and watch yeah. and learn yeah. from." From him and Jeff and yeah. Lee, and it's like nothing's ever going to change that. And I it's like, right. and it's not even all up yet. They're right. still working on stuff.
0: I have to say, I love that there's more coming out. I love that even podcast wise, there's a couple episodes to be released that they've recorded already, and he's yeah. a part of it. I mean, I the days around uh, the memorial service, I listened to the pod the Philo podcast uh, with Andrew on it. So just, it was basically the two of us in some hotel in Southern California. Like, I listened to it again. I listened to the newest MXU podcast. I watched a documentary about ACDC uh, on the <laughs> plane ride. I was like just doing everything to uh, just, uh, you know, get as much Andrew Stone as I could. Yeah.
7: Love that guy so much. And, mm. um, uh, I found myself just thinking this, this, past couple of weeks just thinking like how would Andrew reply to this so or, or how would he react um, right right just a little bit more than a little bit more than usual um, right right you know how can I deal with you know a, a guitar player that's only been playing like three to four months the exact same way Andrew would do it he would be honest but he wouldn't be hurtful or disrespectful right, right. he made that person want like go home practice their butt off and then the next week he's just like hey man practicing haven't you and the person yeah. would just be like like light up uh because they have yeah. been and he noticed so he yeah. noticed when you were working on your craft i think yeah and that's he respected people that worked on their craft
0: all right i'm here with uh, my friend daniel cannell uh how's it going daniel
8: uh it's going good man going good
0: Yeah. So, uh, I caught Daniel, uh, we've kind of been trying to work our schedules out. So he's on site, uh, for an event. And so if you hear, um, production noises, uh, (laughs) that's just, uh, it's all the more perfect for our conversation today, which is, you know, to kind of share memories of Andrew Stone. So what better than, better way than to hear like production-y things in the background. So yeah. anyway, thanks for making time.
8: It does seem uh, strangely appropriate, uh, that, uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's at a show, of course. That's where where Andrew Andrew and I spent most of our time together was at shows somewhere.
0: Yeah. Now, did you guys, you guys met, uh, like, uh, on the road?
8: We did. um, And I've been trying to remember. I I can't. Uh, He always (laughs) had a better memory than me, so uh, I'm going to have to start trying to write some of the stuff down, because I won't be able to ask him anymore. But it was either 2000 or 2001. They had done the first first leg of the Third Day Offerings Tour, and, Mm -hmm. um... The the other the LD that had done the first leg, it was I think he did an okay job, but maybe not as well as, as Andrew and the team had wanted. And uh, just through some other another designer I've been working with that was connected to the project, um, when they decided to swap somebody out, the other designer told Andrew, well, hey, I've got this other guy I've been working with. I want to say I was 20, maybe maybe okay. 21. Wow, at the time." Um, and uh, so I was like, "Yeah, we'll give him a shot." So um, it was January of either 2000 2001, um, second leg of the Offerings Tour. And I get, you know, I get uh, lined up to go out on the tour. I believe I may have had one phone conversation with Andrew before okay. the tour, and, but I'd never <laughs> met him. And the you know especially out of Nashville, you know, it's interesting. Most of the tours meet the tour bus in a uh, grocery store parking lot. Okay. somewhere. <laughs> so this one was in Antioch, Tennessee, at, at, in the, in the Kroger's parking lot. And I, I was living in Huntsville, Alabama at the time. So I drove up for bus call for the first, uh, week of the tour mm-hmm. and I go walking on the bus and there is this six foot something guy, just big dude. You know, Andrew's always just been a big, big guy Yeah. standing there. And my immediate thought is what have I gotten myself into <laughs> this guy? Good. I mean, he, he, he didn't have the, the blonde spiky hair then, but, uh, Uh, It it was, I think he still had his long hair a little bit then, but just big dude, crazy hair. I'm pretty sure he was wearing a Kangol hat backwards because that was kind of his thing uh, in that day. Uh And you know, you never know, especially in this this business, like some people you meet are just the best in the world. Some you, you run from screaming. And uh-huh. just by looks, I sort of saw Andrew and went, okay, well, I hope I can make it through this tour before I run screaming. Um, <laughs> but for everybody that knew Andrew, exactly the opposite. Like, Just immediately became like a big brother. Um, that tour went well, so I ended up doing the, the summer stuff with him after that. And then uh, he and I stuck together on the third day for four years. And uh, oh, just, wow. had, you know, through all that, had created a very tight working bond on everything from doing the shows together to uh doing the design work together you know that's where a lot of that design process between Stone and I started it wasn't Church of the Move you know Church of the Move was was phase 2 of it phase sure. 1 was um on all the third day shows and for, throughout those 4 years we still did a lot of shows other shows together but the core was always the the third day stuff um, okay at the time
0: yeah i mean it's it's funny that you're talking about third day so much he and i have had some very interesting uh fun conversations about third day um I think uh I uh my, the first and only time I worked with third day was right after Andrew either did he get fired or fired himself I forget exactly uh how that happened but uh I caught let's, the,
8: uh let's just say that he he and third day no longer worked together yeah right. it that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: so he uh so he was just off like had left the tour and I caught third day mm-hmm. in you know at the end of that and it was uh mm-hmm. yeah one of one of my least favorite moments uh, of my life. And uh, yeah, so he and I got to share kind of (laughs) laugh about some of that. And he's like, well, now you see why I, I got out of there uh, in that moment. So,
8: so I I finished, I finished out that tour. So if you were, if you were involved in one of those shows, I was probably at it, and yeah, that was probably one of the least favorite moments of my life either. I mean, that, yeah. that camp was always great to work with, and I'm not, especially on the recording here, I'm not going to go into a ton of details, but sure. they, they went through a season, and I'll say the band guys were always top-notch, loved them, yep. I've gotten to talk, talk with several of them this past week, they loved Andrew, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll just leave it at some, some stuff went down that made it a good time for us all to transition, so into right, right. Uh, that tour mm-hmm. was when I transferred out, and Sure. Then, uh, yeah, we you know probably,
0: Andrew, we probably did work together then. I would imagine. Probably did. Yeah.
8: If, if it was the the Wire tour, I think that was the name of that last one. Wire. Yeah,
0: I can't remember.
8: Uh, Try to block it yeah. out. Yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. One of the cool things about that is every everyone who was involved in all that who uh, who mattered has all all had a chance to kind of get back together over the years and kind of connect and go, "Hey, I don't think some things work nearly exactly like we all wanted it to," but. We all still love and appreciate each other, and right, right. Um, that that's been that's been cool to have. But yeah, that, that little phase of time was difficult. But we, um, I don't know. I probably didn't talk to Andrew for close to a year at that point because he okay. had kind of he had gone in a, in a different direction, was doing some other tours. I think that was when I went out started going out with Switchfoot and toured with okay. them for a couple of years. All right. And. Um, you know, I, you know how the business is. You hear about how other people are doing. And this is before social media. Like, MySpace might have existed. I think, right, then, maybe. There maybe. was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. So it was the way we kept in touch with each other was phone calls and emails and, and that sort of thing. Right. So I, I, I wish I could remember where I was, but it was um, starting in the fall of 2006. I get this uh, text from Andrew uh-huh. just saying, hey, man. You available? Let's, let's jump on a call soon. So, I think maybe in the next day we jumped on the phone call. And I was standing outside of the tour bus, some city, somewhere. Uh-huh. It's funny, I, I can't remember where, but I, I still remember what everything looks like.
0: What the grocery uh, store parking lot looked like. Yeah.
8: Well, this was, yeah. This, <laughs> one was a, this one, we were, it was preloaded in for some Switch show somewhere. And I remember standing on a curb talking with Stone. And it's just, remember, because he had been such a close friend and I hadn't talked to him in about a year. Uh-huh. And he goes, um, we chit chatted for a minute. And he goes, "Well, hey man, I don't know if you've heard, but I'm I'm working at this church in Tulsa now. And for for anybody that might be listening to this, I want, I want to preface this: the in 2006, it was not looked at as cool to work at a church. Right. I mean, Todd, you probably remember some of that. Like there was a few little outliers, with like Willow Creek being one of them, that all of us knew about. Look, you were doing cool stuff. Yeah. Um, Fellowship Church in Dallas was another. But it was like there was a handful. But beyond that, like nobody really thought of it as cool. And a lot of people that that if you just you didn't go from touring than to go work at a church unless you you couldn't cut it or, or there was there's usually some issue connected to the people that went that direction now we knew a lot of good guys that kind of came up through the church stuck with it that were good at what they did but usually yeah. didn't go the other direction yeah. and even then the guys that were good were guys like you and people that were around the bigger ones like the Willow Creeks and all that right so when I heard about Andrew working this church in Tulsa I mean I'm not gonna lie like part of me was going what happened like <laughs> yeah. you know he was I mean he was always a world class engineer just best production manager I've ever worked with and uh, he, so he tells me, you know, hey, I'm working at this church in Tulsa now. And I go, yeah, I've heard. And he goes, just, just hold your judgment for a minute. <laughs> and I'm sure he could hear it seeping in my voice. And I was. I was absolutely judging it. And uh, he goes, we need somebody to design a Christmas show for us. Are you interested? And things have been going great with we'll Switchfoot and the shows I was doing. But I was like, man, church show. I bet it's going to be really easy. Like, come in, wiggle some lights around. Everybody will right. be wowed. Get, get my check and go home and i get i get paid to go hang out with a buddy uh for two weeks yeah so i was like yeah yeah sure i'll do it ended up doing it and, and you know the way he had kind of expressed it to me it was like look man i just trust me you're gonna get out here you're gonna meet the people and you're gonna understand why i'm here yeah. and so i got out to tulsa and i met the people and i understood why he was there yeah but so we did that show together and it was not at all you know me going, we won some lights and, and wowing everybody it was a challenging show. We poured ourselves into it. I got to meet Whit. You know, I'd known Andy Crispin a little bit from, um, I think we'd met maybe once at a show previously, sure. but I wouldn't set said i know him, but we knew, I knew who he was. And But then met the rest of the team, met Whit, met Pastor George, met uh, Chico and one of the other crew there at, uh, at Church on the Move, and suddenly understood why Andrew was out there. And uh, we did that Christmas show together, and then I helped them with... Um, two other little mini conferences after that, and I think it was either like January or February, that they did for the children's and youth ministry, where people came in from because that was the big thing for the George Ministries before is there the, the youth ministry? ministry so yeah. people would come up in from all around the country to, to learn on that. So I helped them with those two conferences, and then somewhere in that, and again, I still remember it. It's just, this is all pre remodeled, so where this conversation happened at doesn't actually exist, at least not in this fashion at the church anymore. But I was walking in a hallway and Whip George, you know, now executive pastor there, creative director at the time, was walking the other way and he just says something like, Hey man, thanks thanks for coming out really really enjoyed having you. I was like, Man, I really enjoyed it too. This was not at all what I expected. Like, really, really enjoy to do this. He goes, Well, hey, you ought to just come out and work for us full time. <laughs> I think I kinda laughed it off at the time. Like I wasn't I, I I could see why Andrew liked it out there, but internally I hadn't become okay with like, oh, I'm going like to work in a church. But man, right. I went back home, and that I could not get that thought out of my head. Oh, wow. So it was probably a week went by, and I called Andrew, and I said, like, hey, man, so Witt said this. Was he serious? And um, he goes, I don't know. Let me go find out. So he went and talked to Witt, <laughs> and uh, I think I think Witt's actual answer was something like, well, yeah, it's kind of like halfway serious, so, you know. And Stone was like, Well, I think maybe Daniel's interested. And uh, so from there we ended up just having the conversation back and forth and I was like, actually yeah, I see why you're out there. I see the passion um, that's there, like for doing you know, events great. That was the, that was the great thing was about Stone is if you were with him doing an event, it was going to be all out. There was no, like, oh, we're in it for a paycheck. Oh, we're we're going to do what we need to do to get the client happy and go on. No, it was going to be all out. So you knew, no matter what it was, no matter where it was, you were going to be doing great work because that was just all you knew how to do. So once I met with, and I met Pastor George, I met the team, I met their heart for excellence. I got, you know, I got to see their heart for excellence. So I was like, oh, yeah. that's why Stone's out here. And I went, you know what? Yeah, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. So that's actually how the Churchill the Move stuff started. And then you know, that was still probably three three or four years before Seeds. So there was a few years in the beginning where it was just me and Stone on a whiteboard in his office putting designs together. Okay. Just like we'd done on third day for the years. Sure. And we, uh, there, there was some bad ones in there. There was some good <laughs> ones. Um, I, I need to, uh, you know, there was there was some trial and error because it was, it was different. It was, the auditorium doesn't look anything like it did now. Right, right. Um, but we started putting stuff together and, and, and working with what we had available to us and Andrew did such a, just an amazing job at that time of building up trust with Wit, with Pastor George, um, just proving to him, like, hey, if we tell you we're going to do something, we're going to do it. We're going to make good use of all of our resources and do the best of them that we can before we come to you and ask for more. Yeah, I um, love that about Andrew. Yeah, and they had seen that. So when it came time to do the remodel, you know, this, I guess this was the year before Seeds. Um, they let Andrew and I have a lot of input into that. We got to... You know, we get to have a lot of say in kind of how the room was designed, and how the stage was designed, how it was all going to function. And right. it was that was that was sort of a big turning point where when we did the remodel and seeds started coming around, it's like Andrew and I got to get back to doing events the way we had out on third day, where it wasn't just dealing with what we had to deal with, but we were like really like helping put dynamic stuff together. And right. I, I was saying this to someone the other day, and I, I don't think I don't mean this to be a sad thing. I'm actually incredibly thankful for it. I don't know that I will ever be at a place in my life or have a partnership like that with another person that is such a, a team
4: uh-huh.
8: where we're doing stuff at that level that way, where it's just like firing on all cylinders. And that, that you know, I say that to try and just give honor to his leadership yeah. in that, like the, you know, the past couple of weeks of, interesting combination of grief and joy yeah grief for all obvious reasons joy because i got to spend 20 years you know an amazing friend and get to do stuff with that friend at a level that i don't expect to ever do my life again and i don't mean like i mean I'm doing a bigger show this week than what Stone and I, you know, did together at church. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not about side. It's about partnering with people. Yeah. Where you all pour yourself into things equally. Yeah. And you drive each other to do better and better and better.
0: There's something really amazing about working with someone that you're uh, even requires less communication. Like you, you've you have so much history together that. There's so much understood that you don't have to communicate about that allows you to dream and think bigger together because you know everything under that's already we got it we, we know how to do this together.
8: We, we used to make fun of us because <laughs> in creative meetings we would we'd be having a meeting and it'd be the creative team, the you know, event producers with you know the, the videographic graphic guys, you know um, worship team usually had you know Andy in there maybe Marcos a couple other people. And we'd be planting his seeds or look over <laughs> and see so stone or not looking at each other, and just kind of and he would go, "Hey, what are you guys talking about?" <laughs> no no words, no voice, nothing spoken, no text, just yeah, it was there was that level of understanding of as he said, we would be able to just look and with a with a simple nod you know or a, something the real thing. and then also immediately just knew like, well, okay, you know this is the direction we need to push things into. to to yeah that." That was golden. That is something that I will cherish for
4: the rest
0: of my life. Yeah, I think for me the the uh, I've definitely been reflecting a lot with Andrew's passing. I mean, we weren't super close, and I don't know that we would have ever spent more time together than we did, just based on you know proximity and busyness and all that stuff. But it definitely the it's been a great time of reflecting of just saying um, take advantage of the moment you have with the people around you um, Man, yeah. and really um, yeah. I know for stone and I we had a couple things we're like we got to do that we got to totally do that and then we just didn't do it um, so there are a few of those <laughs> yeah. things but even just the you know there there will never be another combination like Daniel and Andrew doing productions together <laughs> but just to know that it's possible that there, that that yeah. that relationships like that exist. I mean, I, for me personally, I just, uh, yeah, there's hope that yeah it won't be the same, but there's possibilities out there with others, and you know, to to do great production yeah. work with, yeah, I mean, production work is so hard uh, by itself that to, yeah. to find somebody that you can do it with and love each other and and love what you're doing and yeah, be able to communicate on a level that's. Uh, yeah, uh, just so great to even hear hear that story.
8: What do past couple weeks I've been doing? A lot of what are reflecting, what are my takeaways? What um, does you place value on in life? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'll ever have another Andrew in my life. Like I'm thinking, especially getting how much he poured into other people, into yeah. other teams, and a lot of times, one's even harder than you. If you were someone that came to him, and went, "Man, I'm just trying to do this better." Yeah, he would do it in a heartbeat. You know, countless. Doesn't mean yeah. things watching countless churches around the country go. Yeah, I talked to this guy. Yeah, you know, talked to Andrew for five minutes. A handful of texts over the next few months, or a handful of emails, or or he sent us some videos to watch. Completely revolutionized the way that uh, a lot of people he poured into a lot of things he got started. I think we're, you know, he's planning the time. Um, I'm, I'm excited to what the next evolution happen because. Yeah. those of us that knew him will still be able to see his hand on it. Right.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for just the, I mean, uh, literally and figuratively, Andrew had big shoes to fill, (laughs) has big (laughs) shoes to fill. Uh, and I think, uh, to me, it's going to be exciting to see it's going to take a lot of people to fill those shoes. And he, because of the investment he made in people, People are maybe they're not totally ready, but whoever is to step into those shoes and take over that part and carry it down the field. Um, you know, because of the investment he made in all those people,
8: yeah. Even the, the last show that he and I did together a couple weeks ago, um, for another church, he, most of my career with, with him, it's been uh, me as the you know LD, so it's always been me working under him. But he was one of the things he was so awesome well, was like serving down uh-huh you know he's he he never saw it as well this is my team they're here, here to help me i need to give them to do their job and every summer for the past four years we have done the show together where the roles reverse and this year that show went smooth and was just there to mix uh-huh. um and like i got to i got to kind of win that and uh, make sure he had what he needed but it was it was neat to to have that last week with him mm. because there was there was something different you know you know, I don't know that I'd ever seen him kind of just in a better overall spot,' It's just like spiritually emotionally, just like a, even from our conversations like I, I didn't say this to him that week, but my impression was, man, things just seem good, and I think and and the way he was getting poured into a lot of of other teams around the country and I you know Andrew was never you know over our time together, I saw Andrew frustrated a lot, and he was always just frustrated that maybe you know things weren't. Things weren't happening maybe as fast, or you know, he wasn't able to get things for production where he wanted to be. It was always connected to something like that. Just like he knew things could be better, right. and maybe they things were things were hindering his his ability to make things better. Uh-huh. The general impression, the takeaway I got from that last show he and I did together um, a week before his passing was it. I think he just felt really good about where a lot of things were. I think wow. he'd seen a lot of um, progress, development, and. Um, Again, I'm not gonna go much into private conversations, but I just I feel like God, what's next? Like you know, I think we're we've made a lot of progress. I think I think he was I don't think he a guy like him is never content. Like he's never right. gonna be one that's gonna rest on his laurels, right. like, All right well everything's good, time to take a break. Right. But I think he you know, I think he was looking at C O T M, he was looking at MXU, he was looking at all these things he had a hand on and kinda just of going, eh, all right. We're in a good I I don't know, another way to explain it, you know. Yeah, we, right. we can't we we'll never know it's our time before it's our time but he, the, the, I'm so thankful that the takeaway that I get to have with this friend that was so close to me is that the last time he and I spoke he yeah. was just good yeah probably the best I'd ever seen him yeah you know just ha- happy satisfied content you know everything um, yeah I'm so thankful for that like yeah. that's the the last memories are so good
0: I'm here with my good friend, Van Metchke.
9: How are you doing, Van? I'm good. Good to talk to you, Todd.
0: Yeah, so we've, uh, I mean, those of you who have been listening to the podcast know that this is all stories about Andrew Stone, just kind of us remembering out loud uh, the things that we feel comfortable recording. Uh, (laughs) Most of the, yeah, most of our interactions with andrew are uh, memorable and not repeatable
9: so um I'm exactly you have a few of those too man uh many many <laughs> uh yeah uh like i was telling you before i said there was i i would imagine that the majority of the conversations that i had with andrew um are not uh pu- for public consumption <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> and any of you who know and knew andrew knew he was he was uh uh, shall we say quite the jokester yeah. and was uh, a lot of fun to be around and he was sarcastic and he was uh, brutally honest. Yeah. And it uh, was my, which is my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I think all tech folks are, um, we, uh, we have a pretty accurate BS meter and we are all, we all have a dark side if we would admit yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we try to hide that from our uh, our uh, overlords, yeah, or overseers, <laughs> overseers, not overlords, Overseer, overseers. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, but but uh, you know, honestly, all of us have a have kind of a dark side that we, and when we get together, we all kind of know that. But
0: yeah, I think uh, uh, I, the thing I really loved about Andrew, he had like he was cyni- cynical, like the rest of us, but it was kind of, um, it was, I, I felt like it was forward momentum driving cynicism like he he didn't let it drag him down
9: oh no but it, no, was, it was more th- just th- something to yeah well let's laugh about it and let's move on it was all in good fun um uh he and i although we were about a, a little less than a decade apart in age um we had similar we had similar stories about kind of where we started in doing this kind of stuff yeah, um yeah. And with bands and different stuff like that and the Christian music industry and all that kind of stuff before we got involved in church, uh, doing church production. Um, so we had, we had very, and, and, and honestly, he and I had had a lot of conversations that were, had nothing to do with tech, uh, many, many, many conversations that had nothing to do with tech. And, uh, uh, but, uh, most people, I, I think probably most people don't know how I met Andrew, so I'll so i'll just tell this story and yeah, i don't know um so i had been watching um i was a tech director and i was just out and this was 2011 2012 okay ish um we were doing the podcast we were doing the church uh, tech weekly podcast uh uh plug for that which is happening again so yep. go check it out on <laughs> on iTunes, uh and uh kind of it was kind of in its infancy but uh and as a church td i was looking always looking online and you know the internet was was you know youtube was kind of just starting and vimeo yeah, yeah. was happening and stuff like that so i was just you know googling church pr- people that were doing production they, that were showing basically their whole services online okay and and church on the move was one of the few that was starting to do that. Right. Uh, but a lot of the, uh, I stumbled onto the seeds, a uh, website and, um, the blog and I started looking through and I kept seeing these Vimeo, uh, videos with Andrew right. about them doing their remodel of their auditorium. Okay. And, uh, and, 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 and I've told, and I told Andrew this, so this is not a, like I'm saying this, you know, to, uh, that I never told him this, but, but I was kind of like, well, who, who is this? Who's this dude? Who's right. kind of a, Who's this big doofus? You know, <laughs> uh, these, he just had these weird videos about carabiners hanging vertex and, and all this stuff. And it was, and I was like, well, he seems like, I like the guy, but he's kind of goofy and right. you know, whatever. It's sort of come out of nowhere too. Yeah. And who is this guy? And I didn't know anything about his background or anything like that. I hadn't done any research and stuff. And so I started watching all these behind-the-scenes videos of Andrew Stone that he was doing on the scenes website. And I started to kind of fall in love with him. And I was like, Mm. this guy's pretty cool. And they're doing cool stuff. I can't believe they're doing it in Tulsa. But I mean, they're doing it, you know. I mean, but they're doing it, doing cool stuff. And I'm like kind of getting excited. Then I started seeing the videos that they started posting about songs like they'd be doing songs and they'd be doing and then I found out and then I'm like well as worship leaders Andy Chrisman I mean that's cool I mean I was never right. into 4M but the guy's an amazing singer you totally watching, yeah wow holy cow and um so I started watching and stuff like that um so I was like this is pretty cool what they're doing like the stuff they're doing is pretty awesome and this is in Tulsa and I'd never heard a church on the move and I didn't I hadn't uh, attached. A uh, gospel bill with Willie George. Okay, because <laughs> kind of everybody, it, it didn't matter what denomination you were. I mean, everybody had seen or heard of the gospel bill kids church stuff. You know, I mean, it was like right. big, and so I didn't connect it to at the time. So I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool," and so I started watching a lot of it. And okay. back in those days, you know, it was just like them Granger, it was just a couple of Granger, Willow, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Oh, you guys were doing stuff, but I mean, there was not that many, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, you know, this is pretty cool. And so, uh, then my creative pastor at the time, uh, Kim, she was like, Hey, we're going to go to the seeds. Um, uh, we're going to go to the seeds conference. Okay. Cool. And that was like, it was like six, eight months off. So Mike Sessler and I were talking and he's like, yeah, I've been, you know, I've been seeing like a lot of this stuff that Andrew's been doing. And he was, he had been seeing it too. So we started talking about it. We're like, you know, I think it'd be cool to get this guy on the podcast. Right. And just see, you know, cause he's kind of a cool guy and he'd be, I think he's kind of a character and I think he'd be kind of fun to, to hang out with. Yeah. And so Mike's like, yeah, that sounds great. So when I went to seeds that year, um, I was, I had texted a few people and a few people kind of knew him. And I think Duke knew Daniel Cannell a little bit or something. So I was kind of like, well, can somebody get me in touch with Andrew? And nobody kind of could. But so I just said, you know what? I'm just going to walk up there and talk to him. Well, it was always a giant line up to the front of house at church on the move at the seeds conferences. So I'm like, okay, well, what's plan B going to be? Cause I'm not going to wait in that line for an hour. Uh, And um, so all. I, I honestly feel like this was God ordained uh-huh. and um, all of a sudden at one break, I went by front of house and there was nobody there. Oh, wow. And so I shot up the stairs, the infamous stairs to the yeah. at church on the move. I shot up the stairs and there was no one, no one was guarding the front of house. No, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> and there's Andrew sitting at the end of the counter at the end of the giant Midas consoles that were there at the right. time, the, consoles the, Midas, with an the two consoles, yeah, yeah, the two fifty-six yeah. 56 channel consoles. And I, I just literally walk up and I said, Hey, excuse me, are you Andrew Stone? I mean, if you've ever seen Andrew Stone, right. you know, there's only one there's no Andrew question. Stone. Right. But I was being, being polite. I said, Hey, are you Andrew Stone? He turned around. And he said, yeah, I am. I said, Hey, I'm Van Metzke. I don't know if you know me. And he said, Oh yeah. I listen to you and Mike's podcast all the time. Oh, wow. (laughs) I love that. I love your podcast. And I'm like, awesome. We want you to be on it. And so at first he was kind of like, I don't know, you know, I don't like whatever. And then, so we just talked there for what I, I honestly, is a God ordained thing because no one disturbed us for like 25 minutes. And this is at a seeds conference where he's so busy. It's crazy. Right. And so we just talked there for 20, 25 minutes probably. And had a great, you know, exchanged emails and phone numbers and stuff like that. And he was super stoked and super excited about it. And um, uh, right after that, like a week or two later, we had him on uh, the, the podcast for the first time. Um, so you can go all the way back to 2012. Uh, we actually had just reposted it after Andrew's passing, Mike reposted it. Okay. Uh, but, uh, it was just so funny to hear that first one. And just the very first couple times he was on somebody else's podcast to just, um, you know, again, yeah. to hear him kind of, kind of, be, uh, be into a larger world of cause, cause before that he had only really been, uh, doing stuff through seeds through, right, through right. the church on the move stuff. Yeah. And so, we had a great time. That was really fun. Um, and then right after that at, at WFX, uh, I met him for breakfast, and we just got to talk. And and that's kind of really how I became friends with him is is basically just, you know, just saying, hey, you know, you're. I think we have a lot in common, and we would love for you to be on the podcast and stuff like that. And and of course, he was on the podcast a ton. Um, yeah, I, can't, I was gonna I say even, he
0: really uh, from that first moment, really, uh, yeah. Was yeah, I a ton.
9: yeah, I don't, I, I, I asked, I didn't ask Mike, uh, when we were in Tulsa, uh, uh I, I, forgot to ask him how many times he was on the podcast, but it was a lot. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, we developed this, a friendship over those, these years, mm-hmm. um, and were together as many times as we could. He'd be out here to California or I'd be near Tulsa we, we did a lot of stuff. <laughs> You'd be near us. Tulsa. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're never really you, near yeah, Tulsa. You're, The only reason you're near
0: Tulsa is to be in Tulsa.
9: Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. I was, uh, you know, whatever. That's, uh, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but Andrew he, was a good reason to be near Tulsa. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, uh, one of the, one of the, um, one of the funniest, one of the funniest things, uh, that we did was when we did the, we did the, uh, uh, he got involved reluctantly. He got involved with, uh, uh, the, uh, uh church tech uh, the lead labs yep somehow bill swearing Jim like conned him into <laughs> right being involved in that uh and um you know I, I i and this is just a this is just a this isn't a funny story but it's a story that 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 really uh m- endeared me to him it couldn't have endeared me any more to him uh but it did um, I went out, uh, I was actually, um, speaking at a bunch of the lead labs with him right. uh-huh. and I think you spoke at some of them yep. and, um, a bunch of people, there's just all kinds of people. Anyway, yeah. we had this tour where we had like four in a row. Right. And so the first one started in, uh, Oklahoma city. Okay. And so I flew out and drove and flew to Dallas and drove to Tulsa on a, sat, on a Saturday night, uh, Sunday morning, first thing, I went to Church on the Move, hung with him all morning uh-huh. at the services. And then he said, hey, well, can you come back to the office? I got to debrief all my guys for the whole week before I leave. Okay. And then, we'll, and then we'll go out and have dinner. I'm like, sure, whatever. So I go up to his office and his office was the coolest tech director office. By far. On the face of the planet. There is no cooler tech director office. <laughs> uh, the carpet is the carpet from the shining there are yeah, posters I totally on the missed the wall. carpet <laughs> yeah there's posters on the wall his 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 coffee table is made out of a ATA flight case he's got a custom made desk that was welded for him uh, by Chico I mean everything uh-huh. everything about it is he's got giant antlers from a from a um, longhorn above his whiteboard right. I mean everything about it is awesome <laughs> uh, and um So I sit there on the couch and he brings all his guys in. And for probably two hours, he debriefs all his guys, talks to them about everything that has to happen for the next week They go over the whiteboard. And I watched him care about every event that was happening on the church on the MOVE campus, not just the weekend services, Uh but literally every event from a women's event to a kid's event to what was happening at Dry Gulch which was their camp at the time right right and and a whole bunch of other stuff and i also watched him care for each one of his folks yeah um not just like Jesse who's his right arm or Andrew Swan who his is his video director but i'm talking like everybody like uh-huh. everybody on his team whether they were a full-time employee or a volunteer who was or an intern hmm. he took time to talk to them, hear their issues, make a decision about things, try to help them out. And we were there for two and a half, three hours, probably when it was all said and done. Cause you know, I mean, he has a big team and they yeah. all came in, gave him their, his problem, their problem. And he would try to help them through it. And he would just sit there and encourage them. And, you know, that was every Sunday yeah. for Andrew. Wow. That was every single Sunday. And and as sarcastic as he was and quick-witted as he was and, and dark-humored as he was, when I watched him with his team, I was just like, wow, this is the reason this guy is the head of production at one of the biggest churches, most influential churches in America. Right, right. Right here. Right yeah. here. This is where the road the road. And this is why all these young people want to be part of what's happening here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe because of Willie George, it may be because of the worship and stuff like that. But honestly, I think it's because of this guy right here yeah. who loves them and they know that. Yeah. You know, and that meant a lot. I mean, I was like, this is awesome. I yeah. felt like I was, I felt like I was, it was almost like I felt guilty that I was, uh, like I shouldn't have been there. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like I was getting to see something very private. Right. And and very special. Um, uh, and I will tell you the last story I'll tell you. Uh, I've got tons of stories. Well, honestly, the last story I'll tell you is um, uh, a year and a, a year and a half ago, probably almost two years. Out of the blue, Andrew calls me up and he goes, "Dude, um, <laughs> uh, Electric Light Orchestra is touring next year." <laughs> and uh, for all you youngsters, Electric Light Orchestra was probably one of the most influential bands in the '70s and '80s. Yeah. Uh, well, if you wonder who that is okay guardians of the galaxy 2 the very first song mr (laughs) blue skies that's electric light orchestra there you go for all you young (laughs) people all right so my favorite my one of my two favorite bands of all time boston first electric light orchestra second i'm an old guy yeah uh but one of literally one of andrew's favorite bands and his wife natasha probably her one of her favorite bands right so he's like let's go they're gonna be in dallas you can fly out um, I, I can get really good tickets cause I have a, uh, like a, like a gold platinum American express, the thing with Ticketmaster okay. or whatever, uh-huh. whatever it was. He goes, do you want to do it? I, and I didn't even ask how much it was. <laughs> I went, I went, yes, buy those tickets. We'll go. Right. And it was like a year away. Yeah. And so, uh, the year later, uh, I fly out there, meet him and Natasha, Natasha's his wife, for those of you who don't know. And we went and saw electric light orchestra, uh, ate at Papacito's, which is, yeah, you got to. Awesome, got to. Yeah. Awesome, happy, where you have to eat Mexican food in in uh, Dallas, and uh, next morning ate at some greasy spoon that he had found on Yelp, and um, <laughs> you know, and and it was just so funny because we're we're at the show and it was a fantastic show. It sounded amazing, uh-huh. and every song sounded like it did back in the seventies and eighties. I mean, just and what I found out is just so. The, 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 I'm not just aggrandizing a trip I took with him. Here's the thing. He to- on the way out, he told me that he had already looked up the sound engineer, he looked up all the articles on the whole thing that he had read this whole article on the sound engineer and how Jeff Lynn, who basically is elO the bleed singer, uh, had told the sound engineer here's how I want it to sound, I want it to sound mm-hmm. like the albums i don't care I don't want it to sound like a new band and And then he went on this whole thing about uh, how he was going to go back to church on the move and get the same 70s drum sounds. Yeah. Okay. Like he was going like to change his entire drum sound setup after that concert. And when we were in the show, he's like, Oh man, I got to get those drum sounds. I got to figure out those drum sounds. Man. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, Jesse's going to kill you. His a his, his a two his right arm. Like, Jesse's going to kill you, man. He goes, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going to, I don't think he has bottom heads on the, those drums. There's no bottom <laughs> heads on those drums. And, We had this whole like conversation about the whole, like he was, you know, so Andrew was always learning and he was never, for as much information as he gave to everybody and as much wisdom as he imparted, he was a learner and he was always excited about trying something new. And when he liked something, like he loved it, we talked a lot about the drums at that concert. He loved the sound of the drums. Yeah. And he, they, they did, they implemented him at church on the move. I mean, he, he got his version of that probably, you know, within the month. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I was just talking to Jesse about it <laughs> when we were in Tulsa, mm-hmm. but uh, you know what I loved about Andrew on is so many things, but that was awesome because he uh, he was always learning and he was always trying to get better. Yeah. Um. He, he, he could have just gone. I'm, I'm a good sound engineer and this sounds great. Right. End of story. But he was not like that. He was a guy that always wanted to get better. Um, if you've gone to MXU or done anything with that, you know, um, all three of those guys are the same way. You know, him and Lee and Jeff, they're all that cut out of that cloth to be better. Right. Right. Um, but, but Andrew was just that guy. He always wanted to be better. He always wanted to be better at his craft. He always wanted to be the best he could be and do something new and exciting. And, and, and then impart that down to his folks and to the people that he talked to, whether he was writing an article or MXU or on podcasts or, you know, just talking to you one-on-one. Yeah. Um, and you know, the bottom line for me is that two things, one, I I'm honored to have been one of his friends Yeah. And for the time that I got to spend with him and two, uh, um, I, I loved, love, love the fact that he was, uh, he gave so much, uh, this last, you know, six, seven years, he gave so much to the church tech community, um, because he wanted people to be better. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't because he thought he was the best. It was because, he knew he wanted – he knew he was doing some things that were great, and he just wanted to impart that information so others could be better. Yeah. Um, no matter what level they were on. Right. Um, I, mean, so. I love
0: that. I mean, that's a story of him as the production manager at Church on the Move. I mean, young guys getting pulled up by Andrew, being challenged, being made yeah. better, being made sharper because of his input into their lives, and then you kind of take that and – move it into the mxu or before that lead lab and uh i mean gurus of tech uh conference when that was going on just uh yeah trying to make everybody better i mean i maybe this uh i was just thinking uh yeah less people suck uh because of andrew stone i mean that's (laughs) (laughs) i think
9: he would take that as a huge conference right there yes (laughs) Yeah, he 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 was put on this earth to make it so that less people would suck at yeah. audio
0: <laughs> and production. Yes, I'm a, I'm but, among those people. So yeah, yeah I think. Uh, me too, I hey,
9: me, you know me too. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I whenever I'm mixing, um, I I, well, I and I just remember standing behind him at a at a, a weekend service or a, a seeds, um, and just thinking wow, I am not a very good sound engineer. Wow. I mean, honestly, I made my living at it for most of my life. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I, I actually am not that, I am not the, this good Yeah, in any way, shape or form. You know, not that I thought I was better than him, but I just like, it was a realization that I have when I was standing behind him mixing. Right. And, I, and, and I've stood behind other people that are, that, are, that are awesome sound engineers, but I was just right. like, one of those things were like wow. Yeah. I got to step my game up, you yeah. know? Huh. So I will always cherish this time. Um, I'm not one of those people at my, where I've gotten to the stage of my life. I, I don't, I don't weepfully mourn when people pass on sure. anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this of course rocked me as it did all of us. Yeah. Um, and I can't tell you the amount of times in the last couple of weeks where I've uh, started to text him some ridiculous thing because we yeah. we had this whole texting thing back and forth where none of it was about production. It was all about food and bands and right. how people you know that random people that we thought sucked and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, just kidding, folks. We're all good Christians here. But um, you know, I mean, it was just like just ridiculous stuff we text back and forth. And yeah. uh, any of you who had a texting relationship with Andrew <laughs> knows that you can never show the texts that went, that go back and forth with Andrew, (laughs) Uh, but they will always leave a special place in my heart. He was such a good, he was a good friend. He was a good mentor. Um, and this, what we do in church production is better for the years that, that Andrew poured into everybody that had any, um, any kind of dealings with him that were touched by him, that talked to him. Um, And, uh, he, 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 uh, he definitely, he's a big man that's going to leave a big hole and he cast a big shadow. Yeah. Um, and I will miss him greatly, but, uh, to, uh, to quote somebody from another era who sent me a card on somebody else who had passed away years ago, I will say this. I said, heaven is a little bit louder and a little bit better sounding (laughs) now that, now that Andrew's at the controls. Yes. So. No doubt. A lot more reverb time for sure. Oh, well, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to mix this Sunday. I have a, I have a, I have to, I'm going to be mixing at a church this Sunday and there will be a lot of reverb happening. <laughs> for oh, sure.
0: Perfect. It's the yeah, perfect, yeah. uh, the perfect tribute. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think the the beauty of Andrew is that the the musical conversations you had with him were totally different than the ones I had. The bands that you loved with Andrew were different than the bands I loved with Andrew. Uh, I mean, the things I texted Andrew were different from what you texted. I just, I love that he had something unique for everyone. Yeah. Um, yep. yep. Yeah, which probably makes him, yeah, such a great... A uh, great friend and a great uh, a leader of people to be able to kind of customize the relationship based on who he's working with. Um, yep. But yeah, I know I certainly benefited, and I you know there's something really cool about the fact that the inside jokes that Andrew and I had—that's it. Nobody else had those. Absolutely. Um, and everybody kind of feels that way.
9: Uh, Absolutely. And know. I and I have to figure out a way to never delete his text messages to me that I right. have. There's got to be a way
0: to like download them to something. Yeah. Because I
9: will cherish those for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Well, hey, thanks for making time. This has been great. Absolutely. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Man, this has been great. Uh, If you've made it this far into the podcast, you have hopefully gotten a sense for the impact of the life of Andrew Stone. I know he meant a ton to me, and I'm going to miss him a ton. Uh, Anytime someone passes away, it's a great time to reflect and contemplate life. And for me, my dominant thought is that I need to take advantage of the people I have relationships with and seize all the moments. Andrew and I talked about doing stuff together And then we, yeah, we didn't do those things We did some of them, but we didn't do all of them And it's hard to say I regret it But yeah, I just, I wish we had done it I wish we just said, you know what, forget it Let's just go, I'll see you there So I want to be more intentional with the time I have With the people I have And so I'm going to try and seize those moments Uh, So I guess the big question is What do you need to do today? What does reflecting on the passing of Andrew Stone mean for you? I would encourage you not to let it go by without having it affect you and your life and i mean just in the spirit of the philo podcast how can you become more effective as a result not just to do your job better but to love people better to be a better human to yeah make the world a better place like andrew did normally uh, at the end of the podcast we got a ton of announcements and we still have those things but i just i can't do those now if you have questions about who we are, follow.org is the place to go. I'll leave it at that. So, in the words of Andrew Stone, rock on.